This is Urasawa Boys, a podcast where you read and discuss the works of uh, manga artist and author Naoki Urasawa. Uh, right now, we're reading Monster, and Monster deals with a lot of dark and troubling topics and themes, so a list of content warnings is going to be available in the show notes. Thanks for listening. Once upon a time, there was a monster who had no name. The monster desperately wanted to have a name of its own, so it set out on a journey to find one. But the world was so very big, so the monster split in two to make its journey. One monster went east, and one went west. The monster that went east came upon a village. Mr. Blacksmith, give me your name, said the monster. Why, I can't give you my name, said the blacksmith. If you give me your name, I'll go inside of you and make you strong, promised the monster. Will you now? If you make me strong, I'll give you my name, agreed the blacksmith. So the monster went inside the blacksmith. The monster became Otto the blacksmith, and Otto was the strongest man in the village. But one day, look at me, look at me, look how enormous the monster inside of me has grown! Chomp, chomp, munch, munch, gobble, gobble, gulp. The hungry monster ate up Otto from the inside. And once again, the monster had no name. The monster went inside Hans the shoemaker. Chomp, chomp, munch, munch, gobble, gobble, gulp. And once again, the monster had no name. The monster went inside Thomas the hunter. Chomp, chomp, munch, munch, gobble, gobble, gulp. And sure enough, once again, the monster had no name. The monster went to the palace to seek a wonderful name. If you give me your name, I'll make you strong, promised the monster. If you'll make me strong and not sick anymore, I'll give you my name, agreed the boy. The monster went inside the boy, and the boy became strong and healthy. The king was overjoyed. The prince is well, the prince is well, he cried. The monster was very pleased with the boy's name. It was also very fond of living in the palace, so even when the monster became hungry, it refused to give in. The monster grew hungrier and hungrier, but still it refused to give in. But one day, the monster grew very hungry. Look at me! Look at me! Look how enormous the monster inside of me has grown! The boy ate up the king and all of his servants. Chomp, chomp, munch, munch, gobble, gobble, gulp. One day, the boy came upon the monster who had gone west. I have a name now, and it is a wonderful name, he told the other monster. But the monster who had gone west said, Who needs a name? I'm quite happy without one. After all, we're nameless monsters. The boy ate up the monster who had gone west. Finally, the monster had a name, but there was nobody to call him by it. It, it was, was a shame. Because Johan was such a wonderful name. Hey everybody, I'm Samuel Kuhn Morris. I'm Matt Fennell. Uh, this is Urasawa Boys. It's a show. We talk about Naoki Urasawa. We talk about Monster. You sit there and listen like the lazy fuck you are. No, don't insult the listener. It's- no, no. I'm sorry. 
Um, we have a different energy this morning. We're morning recording. Usually we evening record. It's a morning recording. It's a Saturday recording. And honestly, I feel really bad because we're, we're behind schedule. And I've had a rough couple of weeks and it's fine. But it's like, so here's the thing. It's May 20th, which, by the way, listeners, means it's my birthday. Which means it's also oh my gosh! I can't believe your birthday. Happy birthday! Um, happy birthday! Happy birthday happy to me birthday. and to all of our listeners. Because as we know, if it's my birthday, it's, it's your birthday, birthday too. Um, I'm twenty six. Wow! So you know, seventy four years left. <laughs> T- tomorrow it'll be seventy three and three hundred sixty four days, not counting leap years. Um, when I'm, whenever I'm estimating my lifespan, I always do it, uh, in hundreds. yeah, I assume I'm going to live exactly a hundred years, which we'll see how that goes. Um, but start of a new year and, uh, and we've got a mid season finale here, which I'm really excited about. Oh, but my initial thing is May 20th, which means that it's early summer, which since I've been living in Brooklyn, here's what you gotta understand. I live in Brooklyn right across the street from like a park. So when it starts getting nice out, every motherfucker's outside, like all evening, you know, and they're like, they're like having a good time and they're playing music. And in short, it's, you just can't record there. You can't do it. Uh, so the first, so the first week that we postponed was because I was having a god awful week. And then the second week was because it was fucking loud out there. Um, but, uh, thank you guys so much for your patience and thank you so much for listening. And, uh, I think we gotta, I think we're gonna have a good show for you today. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff in the reading, um, and I'm I'm sure there are. I had some bits that I was gonna do, and now I can't remember what they were. There was like oh, man. jokes that came up that I was gonna make. Um, so I'll just I'll wait for the joke machine to turn on in my head, and then <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah. I, I can do. Yeah, let of... the engine rev up. <clears throat> it is early. I mean, it's it's not that early, but it's kind of early. It's early. Usually, for us. the thing is, it has to be late and right before a deadline for the very specific one that I like to work. It was like when I worked for the newspaper, I made this. It was there was a tone that I wrote in that, like I read it you back. Can and only, I'm like, you can only get. Yeah, it was really yeah. weird. I mean, because it's very much my voice, but it's not the way that I usually write, and it's. It's, I can't do it if I try. It just, it happens sometimes. So, yeah, the yeah. last episode description was correct. It was, <laughs> yes, yeah. that, I, I saw yeah. that. That was a good I sent it to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, other important information. Uh, I'm at my friend's place, so I'm wearing her pink cat ear headphones. Gamer girl. Gamer girl, Quinn. Cat girl, Quinn. E girl, Quinn. Uh, you love to see it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's let's get this party started. Um, before we talk about like the actual chapters, this this reading is uh cool formally and structurally because it's pretty obviously a mid season finale. I feel like. Yeah. Um, how do you uh, do? You have any thoughts on like the the structuring here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with you. We started, it was almost like as a bit, we started calling it the mid-season finale, but like it, and I think- It was never a bit because, for me because well, I, I, knew, like, yeah. I know. Um, you knew but. how this goes. But yeah, no, it does the thing that like, you know, TV shows do where it's, you know, we're answering some questions, we introduce some big new ones, all of our characters are here, or a lot of the stuff that we've been building to kind of ties together. And it's, it's there, the stakes, some stakes have changed a little bit, it's like there's a shift in almost what it seems like the 
not necessarily the goal, but like what some of the characters are working towards seems like it's it's changing. Um, yeah. And it's I'm you know, I say this every time we record, like every time we record, I say this, but like I we're halfway through. I have no clue where we go from here. So it's I'm I'm excited to see what ends yeah. up happening. It's definitely I mean, it's definitely the kind of culmination of what everything up to now has been talking about. Mm-hmm. You know, like it is addressing one of the core conflicts, right? Like we said this, God, in a much earlier episode where the manga itself, the core question of the manga is not, you know, is Tenma responsible or will Tenma kill him? But those are the questions for Tenma and uh, those get addressed if not fully answered here. Um, and it's just kind of, yeah, you know, and then you've got Nina rocking up and then you've got like other development with other characters. It's a whole lot of, it's a whole lot of people really getting so close to their goals. Um, and some of them make it and some of them don't. And it's very messy in a really satisfying way. Um, I was also thinking as I was flipping through it before we started recording that, um, this is a very kingy reading. Um, yeah, I think so. Like the way that the climaxes of his books work. Yeah, this feels like. Uh, I mean, like, Needful Things is the one that jumps to mind right away, just because of like how that book Chaos. ends, yeah. right? Yeah, I, I. But I haven't read that one in forever, so I don't. I don't exactly. I really, remember. I really like that one. I liked that one a lot when I was a kid, and then the uh, King Things episode yeah. came up, and they were kind of like, "This isn't that good," and I was like, "I buy that. I buy that. It's not that good." <laughs> I think it's a good, yeah, I mean, but it's, yeah, because it's, I think it was the second King book that I read, and it was a, it was a beach read for me, and it was, oh, uh, what yeah, a I good, think that's kind what of, what an ideal beach read, It honestly. was really good, like, yeah. it's, it's one of those things that's good unless you know how derivative it is. Yeah, 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 and it's, you know? I mean, it, it hits all the notes, it's an airport book, it's a, it's, it's pretty straightforward, it's standard, so, um, I don't disagree with what they said, but I think there's still some stuff in that book that I like. Definitely. Um, yeah. yeah but I, um, so I, I get what you're coming from saying that this feels like a kingy reading. There's like, a few individual things in this reading that start jump out as particularly kingy, and we'll get to that. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, we get the ants come back, hopefully for the last fucking time, the ants yeah. come back. It's overplayed a little it's bit. There's, like... it's, it's, I don't know. Yeah. There's one character who, whenever he talks about the ants, I just don't think it works. Um, and I'm yeah. pretty sure oh. he brings it up. I don't know. It's it's our friend, our trusted ally. Our trusted friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay, well, basically, uh, chapter 69. Nice. Nice. Um, a greater monster. Uh, this chapter is honestly rather short and rather straightforward. Um, Tenma is lying on top of a bookshelf in the library with his gun, uh, waiting for the ceremony in the morning, and he remembers a childhood memory, uh, from Japan, which is the first time we've seen Japan in this manga about a Japanese man, uh, which I think is interesting. Uh, and it's cool and I want to talk about it. And then, uh, 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 Professor, Professor? Dr. Reichwein 
goes and meets with Shuvald and is like, hey, Shuvald, here's what's up with Johan. And Shuvald is like, yeah, this tracks. Uh, and then kind of intimates that he thinks he is the one best suited to take Johan down. And that is the chapter. It ends, it ends with the ceremony getting set up and Tenma training his sights on the speaking podium. So yeah, pretty, pretty straightforward, but with some, with some stuff to definitely uh, dig into, I think. Mm -hmm. I think the flashbacks at the start are another symptom of uh, season finale time for sure. It's like this, I mean, cause this is like every season of lost the finale. Like I'm specifically thinking of the first season finale. It opens with a bunch of flashbacks. Um, yeah. And like you said, the Tenma flashback feels notable. So do you have, do you have notes about, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they parallel the two of them together. Right. And that was something that kind of got introduced last reading or the reading before that we were like oh tenma is the one oh it was the it was the i am tenma chapter where right yeah. where, where we realized Tenma's that tenma lonely. is isolated and alone tenma's yeah. isolated yeah like how were how were they that's a good point yeah it sets up a parallel almost uh essentially something that tenma and johan have in common mm -hmm. um people who don't have a country or who are isolated from their country Mm -hmm. uh and which is interesting because like i don't know there's something about i guess there's a strong association in this series between country and family that i think is relevant particularly when we get to tenma right because he's isolated from his family and he's isolated from his country like culturally like those two things are the same for tenma his family is Japan, Japan is his family, and he is not, he doesn't feel like he belongs there, you know? And then you have Johan, who has no country, or doesn't know where he's from, or isn't from anywhere, um, and also has no family, and, and isn't from anywhere, and is nameless. Mm. Um, so there's just, like, it's, it's, it's chewy, it's juicy, and I'm wondering how we're going to see that developed. Yeah, and I mean, we we talked about this a little bit before. I think it was in the the baby reading, the where mm. where the the Turkish quarter was on fire. I think I brought up the thing where it's like, okay, this is a story about split personalities, and it was a lot about the split between East and West Germany. So I think it's, I I, I I'm glad you brought it back up because like the idea that it's okay, how does a what is a person's relationship with their country and like the self image and the image of the you know, kind of you know, your nationalist view of your home. Um, I'm, yeah, I, like you said, I'm curious to see where this goes. I don't really think I have too much to add on it, just that yeah, I don't this think is there's... a theme that yeah. we we have noted before, but isn't one that seems to come up as often as some of the other themes that, that yeah, we Yeah, the on. theme, the, the, the seed of the theme hasn't been watered as generously mm -hmm, mm -hmm. as some other ones. Uh, but I think here we can start to see some some sprouts poking uh, out of the ground, and uh, we'll see if it bears fruit later on. Good um, metaphor. Look at that. Or is that an analogy? I don't know. I believe it to be a metaphor. Okay. Uh, yeah, but then, like, it's really interesting. So the, the chapter, like, starts off with actually a flashback to the beginning of the manga where he is doing a, a surgery on Johan, and then it's, and then it cuts to them not being able to find uh, the twins. The twins. Um, and then that causes Tenma to recollect a uh, time when he was a child uh, and he was playing hide and seek with his friends and they call him they call him scaredy cat tenma um 
And then he, uh, everyone else goes home without finding him. And he's like, I'm still out here. Come find me. And I think that maybe this is the most instructive thing we have learned about Tenma yet. Absolutely. Like, this is the most core memory we've ever got from him. Well, because we cut from, where, like you said, he's remembering this as he lies on top of the bookshelf getting ready to murder Johan, right? Yeah. So it's impossible to read this as anything other than, like, this is what he's doing again. I'm still out here. Come find me. Like, find even, me. even if he's not, you know, ex- even if he is not saying, hey, I need someone to stop me, every fiber of his being is, like, begging he needs to be stopped from this. This is not, so- he needs to be found. This is not something he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah, you know. It's good. I mean, it's 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 good. Um and that's found him. This is also like it's a it's a relatable flashback for me because I actually I kind of did something like this when I was a kid. Like I had a I had a childhood friend and we would play and I had the biggest crush on her and I would like when we were hanging out or something like when she was playing with my sister or whatever, I would go and I would hide somewhere. And I would want her to find me so that we could, uh-huh. like, be alone, you know. Um, I'm, I was, like, seven, you know, and I just, it's so relatable. Just this, yeah. like, really wanting, hiding specifically because you want to be found, right? Because there's two kinds of hiding. There's hiding because you want to be found and hiding because you don't want to be found. Yeah. You know, Ooh, and... Look at, um, look at that. And uh, it's interesting that... It's interesting to think about what kind of hiding Tenma is doing here because it does it it feels a little it feels a little murky but he needs to be found that's for sure yeah yeah my uh my childhood hide and seek memory is when i was probably four or five probably even younger than that my mom and i were playing hide and seek in the house and i hid in a closet and fell asleep and she could not find me <laughs> 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 fell asleep yeah so yeah, and there's different different flavor. <laughs> different different flavor for sure. Um but still a good anecdote. Um Yeah, and then Tenma's just laying on top of this fucking shelf and he says to himself, Scaredy cat Tenma. Mmm. Mmm. Has a fucking gun in his hand, gonna do a murder, scaredy cat Tenma. Oh man, it's fucking it's chewy. Like it's, it's really good. It's a really good moment, you know? Like and like the the panel's really nice. It's just this angled shot uh, where like overlooking the convention hall and he's just kind of off to the side laying there with his gun. It really um the use of uh the use of space and the fact that he doesn't take up that he takes up such a small amount of the panel, I think is like super effective. You seeing use of space, I like that because we've spent a lot of time, like a bunch of characters have now been in this library and convention hall, and this is like, we have become familiar with what this space looks like. And part of this might just be because I've I've read this chunk of chapters probably more than I've read the other ones, just because I think of how long it's taken us to, yeah, to, to yeah, record same. it. But also, like, I like that it's, we've set up this space and it's, we're kind of moving all the pieces into place and kind of a smaller zone than we're used to because like the turkish quarter stuff that was like a whole city Mm. um i'm trying to think if there are any other big action beats i guess the parking garage where yunkers gets murdered is like another space but you're right this Um, is this is very concentrated it's like mm -hmm. it's not even like 
campus or anything like that. It is a single building, basically a single room. Yeah. You know, um, and it's uh, and a whole bunch of yeah. stuff. Is about, yeah, we do. Yeah, uh, it's 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 very cool. It's also an unusual perspective on Tenma. Like we see him kind of from from the top. From yeah. Be- well, we're like we the camera's up, above him, but the, the yeah. camera's above him, but it's also beneath him. Like we can see the underside of his chin. I don't know. Mm. I don't know how like super crazy cool it is or whatever. But it's it's an unusual shot and an unusual angle, and it has a very ominous uh, and gloomy atmosphere to it yeah are yeah. your next notes on the reichwein and uh Schuwald stuff uh yeah but uh take point yeah well the the first thing that i have is you know so they it's carl and Schuwald show up and uh reichwein is standing in front of the gate of the stance up where he Schuwald. is stanced up out there he's out there and the driver <laughs> i guess says like uh hey it's this this the the dude hasn't left he's been coming by and saying that he needs to see you and shewald says what kind of person does he look like which is a thing that you know this is something people do a lot right this is what um this is what the richard would would ask uh Reichwein to do right like well, here's a picture of this person what do they look like what kind of person do they look like is a question that people ask a lot and this is you know you and i have talked a lot about faces and this and things like that so i think it's this it's another point in the a the way that you know eyes mouths faces what kind of person do they seem to be is it is a theme of this of this story um yeah. so really, just every time it comes point. up i make a note yeah, I had actually, I had missed that one. Um, that is interesting that that is a question that people ask so often mm-hmm. in this manga. What kind of a person do they look like? Um, yeah. Uh, so, Schuwald knows why Reichwein has come. I expected as much. Eventually I knew someone like you would come to speak to me about him. To unravel the mystery. He's too perfect. What do we think about Schuvald's description of Johan as a completely balanced person? Yeah, I so I hadn't written that down, but you're right. That, that phrase did stand out to me, the completely balanced person. I wrote down that he's too perfect... Um, is this where he doesn't exist comes up or is that later? It seems impossible that he could really exist. Okay. So it doesn't exactly say, he's not saying that he doesn't, but it seems impossible that he could, um, which is a slightly different take on the concept. Yeah. Yeah. Um, too perfect, perfectly, or he's a perfectly balanced, balanced, completely completely balanced. balanced person, which like is something I think a lot about what it means to be a balanced person. And this is just a really, balanced is not how I perceive Johan. Yeah, balanced is, I mean, because that's not even the thing, you would think balanced, I mean, you think like middle of the road, kind of average, whatever, right? Like put together, but I would not say like, people love Johan, right? It's like the thing in the story. It's like he is the best at everything, this, that, the other. Like balanced is not the word I would use to describe that. That's like type A, overachiever, you know, magnetic, whatever. But balanced to me implies like, I don't know. They're just, it's like. I mean, it's kind of, uh, you really got to wonder exactly what the, what it's translated from. 
Well, I mean, the other image of balance, right, is two sides of a scale. And the thing mm-hmm. that we always have come up with, Johan, is this idea that it's, you know, a split personality or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I guess, you know, maybe be... that's playing in I, a little I bit. I think it's, I mean, when I think balanced, I think in the sense of centered, mm-hmm. right? Um, like balanced in the sense of stable, like a plate that's equally weighted all the way around. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. able to balance on like a a peg or or whatever you know, like those people who like spin yeah yeah, plates, yeah spinnies. you know balanced kind of in that sense um in a in a zen kind of a sense still internally um and I'm it's. I mean, the other the other thing about balance that comes up with Johan is the image that we have of him walking along the tops of buildings and the thing that he mm. has kids doing, like yeah, he's true. walking a tightrope, balanced that way. Ooh. Um, I maybe I like that image. I think for if we're saying that Johan yeah. is balanced, is he's walking this tightrope perfectly, right? He is exactly he is exactly on the line. Controlled is maybe another possible thing to bring in, and and Johan is for the most part someone who has uh, incredible self control in a way. We've only um, seen him lose it once, and it's yeah, the, it's the picture book. Yeah, you know, he only does what he wants to do. He only does what he's planned. Um, he is not the impulsive type. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is terrifyingly deliberate. Uh, and that could also relate to completely balanced. Um, you know, but, and we also talk about his serenity. And mm-hmm. I think that that serenity has a lot to do with what Shuvald is sensing or detecting. Uh, we can also look at this as talking about someone who doesn't exist. Johan has... Johan perceives himself as having no self. No true internal personality and that and so the the balanced nature is the balance of nil okay Uh, yeah nothing there to be Mm -hmm. unbalanced which i think is is untrue in a concrete sense Mm -hmm. but um yeah i don't know it's really I really want to know what the actual Japanese says and what, like, some other translations might have been. Because maybe it's direct. It's not, like, a particularly complicated turn of phrase. No. But I, I think it could maybe shed a little bit of light on this. Um, yeah. So, yeah. But a uh, super interesting and a lot of pod out of one speech bubble. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Do you have yeah. I, I one note that I made? This is just like a small one, and I think it's between the way that this story, the, that this chapter opens with the flashback, and I think Reichwein says this in his notes, right? Like we can only trace back to the hospital, right? Like that's the the first place that we, this is where the story picks up, and so yeah. it's like, but we know, right? We've had hints that the story starts somewhere else, right? Like it's further east, and that's kind of how this reading ends, right? Is like, no, we're going past what we thought was the beginning of the of this story. Um, so I think it's, it's, I think it's interesting for the reader. Like it reframes, okay, this is what we know so far as we prepare to move into what comes next. Right. It's like, this is now the unknown is where did they come from before? And I think that's what's, that also is interesting because we also go beyond what we know of Tenma in this reading. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like for both of these prime characters, 
We are reaching further back into their past and into why they are who they are. A deeper darkness, a greater monster. Um, yeah. Uh, also, there is a, there's an important detail here that comes up later, but it could have been missed, which is, um, when your actual son, Carl, appeared on the scene, Johan changed tack and latched onto Carl, mm-hmm. right? So, what we can tell here is that, and this I think is something that the reader actually has to put, well, I guess, no, I guess the reader doesn't have to put it together because I spell it out right here, but it's an easy thing to skip over, which yeah. is that, Johan Johan didn't kill uh Edmund Farin just to kill Edmund and take Edmund's spot. Johan killed Edmund so that he could then get Carl into a compromising position. Mhm. So Edmund was specifically just thrown away because Carl was a better avenue. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, and here's uh, Schuvald talking about the line of ants again. Um, God damn it, this fucking thing. This fucking Yeah, this I fucking wish it image. was a little bit more uh, maybe subtle Juicy. or I, I mean like subtle's not it, maybe more elegant, I think is kind of the is is the word that I'm looking for. But it does feel like know. it hasn't been employed artfully. Like no. it was good that one time that greasy serial killer said it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it again it comes up again later. A line of ants. I don't know. <sighs> I mean that is like the classic when you think about serial killers, it's like, well, they were mean to animals when they were a kid. Right. So it's. Yeah, it's just like, you know, I like to deploy the phrase cheap heat. Then maybe that's what that is. is, You know what it is about Johan? I think it's I think it is a. I think it's a bad image to employ because fucking with a line of ants, like you said, mean to animals to us, implies sadism, which I don't think Johan is particularly guilty of. I don't think he takes pleasure in anything. He just does it to get what he wants, right? Like, I don't know how much fun he has causing pain, because I don't know how many emotions he actually experiences. I don't know, just because of the way that the finale of this reading, right? Like, I feel Uh, like the way that this works is credence Uh, to what you're saying, right? Is like, he's just messing with the ants to mess with them. Yeah, he's he's Um, just messing to mess with. Um, And I don't know. It's like, it's... Yeah, the curiosity. I don't know. Like, because I'm thinking about it. I'm like, is there a better image? I don't know if there's a better image. I well, there's uh, there's one better image, and it's because it's a, it's a thing that comes up that has come up before, right? Because I'm I'm mm-hmm. transitioning to this because I like it a lot. Yeah, the epigrams yeah. back, right? The reading from Revelation is something that that mm. Schuwald and Reichwein talk about, yes, right? Yes, it is. Where Schuwald says, "Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war mm-hmm. with him?" Which, if we remember, that's the thing that the worshippers of the beast say. Like, that's their refrain of, of people. Of, oh, is it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, so. that's, that's the thing the guys who like him say. Yeah, yeah. That's like, they're, I mean, they're so impressed by who is like the beast, who can fight him. Yeah. Right? Like, you can it's fuck the, with this guy. Yeah. 
So, um, and then there's a there's a little joke, the revelation of Johan, that just made mm-hmm. me like groan. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. But um, I, then I did a little bit of reading, and I was like, okay, the names John in English and Johan in German yeah. are the same name in, I guess, Hebrew. That's the kind whatever. of that is the kind of pun that um that that yeah, that plays Urusawa particularly likes. yeah Urusawa, and and it's also like I, I would say it's a very Japanese pun. Yes. Um, the kind of the kind of artistic pun that uh, that they can employ sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. I have a you know what's interesting. I don't know how true this is, but I have a I have a Czech friend, and she she told me that they don't really make puns. But everyone makes puns. Well, that's my, that's what I, I was thinking. I was like, <laughs> yeah. what do you mean? Everyone makes puns, and she was like, everyone we makes puns. We just don't like do that very much. And I'm like, I don't believe you. Maybe so you don't, don't, but I'm I sure don't other Czech people her. do. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, so. Schuwald uh, identifies himself here with Johan. They call me the Vampire of Bavaria. The more I strove to realize my full potential, the bigger it grew. The monster inside of me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and he's becoming what I wanted to be. Who was like unto the beast who is able to make war with him? Perhaps only a monster can overcome another monster. You know, so here's Schuwald being, you know. Let them fight. Let them, <laughs> yeah, you know, Shuvald. Well, this is Shuvald saying, I think this is Shuvald saying, I can do it. Like, all of my monstrousness okay. will maybe be good for something. See, maybe that's I interesting can, because yeah. I read it as the only person who can take him down, who can take Shuvald down, is another monster, is Johan, right? Like, that's the way I read it. Like, I was this monster and Johan has latched into me because he's, you know, he's destroying me the only thing that can destroy a monster is another monster oh interesting so you're saying that it's him saying i read it the other way destroying yeah. him mm-hmm. huh there's also something that uh, you did put a question in my mind which is maybe uh, i'm pretty sure i'm right but it, there's also a possibility that shuvald is maybe saying that let tenma become a monster oh you know like yeah. because maybe that would be maybe that would be worth it to get rid of of johan but i'm pretty sure that this is shuvald saying uh, considering what Shuval does later, yeah, you know, I think, I think you're right. Yeah, uh, but pretty, pretty cool. We got a lot out of that short chapter. Oh this God. is going to be a long episode. I know. <laughs> We're still. Well, this is this is chapter one. That was a long one. This is so. chapter. This was all one chapter. Uh, yeah, you know, Tenma's lying there remembering remembering Nina telling him it wasn't his fault. And then he takes the cap off the scope, gets his sights in. Chapter 70. Chapter 70, Beast of Chaos. Um, okay. We open with Nina Fortner quitting yet another job as a waitress that everyone loves. Uh, she makes a call trying to reach Lada to let her know that she'll be leaving Munich on the three o'clock train. Shewald arrives at the library ahead of the ceremony and is greeted by throngs of important people from all over the world. He sends Carl back home to pick up an envelope he'd forgotten and says Johan will accompany him during the ceremony. Tenma continues to line up his shot. Rudy and Lunga argue once again with Rudy insisting that Johan is real and that Tenma is innocent. Lunga refuses to budge and leaves Rudy to continue interrogating the arms dealer who sold Tenma the sniper rifle. Dieter brings a distraught Dr. Reichwein breakfast and the paper and encourages him not to give up. 
Simultaneously, Reichwein and Lunga realize that Tenma is going to make his assassination attempt at the ceremony and rush off to stop him. Johan meets Schuwald on stage behind the podium as Tenma lines up his shot. At the train station, Lada rushes to catch Nina, who explains that she's moving on because the person she was looking for isn't in Munich. Lada reveals her hunch about Nina and Johan being twins, shocking Nina into silence before revealing the picture book, asking why it sent Johan into a panic and what it could possibly mean. Man, this chapter, especially like like flipping through it while you're doing the summary and listening to the summary, absolutely night and day from the last chapter. The last chapter was so like quiet before the storm like it's in the middle of the night it's dark outside it's reflective and now this chapter the spark has gone off i think the status quo changes literally every page i think something new is happening on every spread in kind of a long chapter this is it this is such a fucking white knuckle like like here we go Everyone is doing stuff and so much is being like revealed and being set up like all the pieces are moving into place. It's like you're going up the hill on the roller coaster is what's, yeah, well, is what's well, happening. Yeah, going up the hill was last chapter and this chapter is like the first dip. Yeah, like, okay. a taste, you're right. a taste mm-hmm, of what's mm-hmm. to come. Um, very cool, very cool stuff. Uh, man, uh, this poor little restaurant owner. Yeah, he looks so sad. I love his face. He's got a great face. Yeah, you know he's got his little double chin. He looks. Oh, he's like oh. I love uh, that Nina Fortner. Everywhere she goes, she's a waitress, and everyone loves her. It's I continue to have a crush on, on Nina everyone, Fortner. Everyone loves uh, Nina Fortner. She's just working at a string of German restaurants, breaking hearts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. There is, throughout this chapter, a repeated image that's very, very good. Um, it's only, it only happens a couple of times, uh, but it, it started last chapter, and it goes to this chapter in a bit in next chapter, I think, but it is a panel with Tenma's scope on the podium. Mm-hmm, like, we mm-hmm. keep returning to, to this image a few times, you know, and it's this really great pace setter where it's like, here's what's coming. Here's what's coming. I think, isn't that how the last volume ended? Was him lining up the scope on the podium, too? Because he had gotten into place, because this one we opened with him on top. I think maybe he did it once last reading, too. So it's, like you said, it's it's been, I, you're right. Yeah. This is a, I like that it keeps, it, the pace setter is good. Like you said, this is what's coming. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Yeah, um, the monster's coming. Monster's coming. Look how big inside, look how big the monster inside of me has grown. <laughs> um, uh, ch- check this out um me with my tapeworm um <laughs> what a that's thing. very good actually <laughs> <laughs> uh, i'm gonna pull that clip from the office where kelly has the tapeworm and put look how big the monster inside me has grown <laughs> over it yeah yeah the the look how big the monster inside me has grown painted on the walls of, of the office um <laughs> uh, Jesus Christ! Who we can, the crossover we, you fa- didn't know you needed? We, Dwight, we Dwight is Lunga. Yes. <laughs> okay, hold on. Jim has okay. a split personality. He's oh murdering people Jim, around Scranton. Oh fuck! Oh fuck! Jim is Johan. Dwight is Lunga. Uh, I I guess that that must mean that uh, that Michael is Tenma. Is Michael Scott Doctor Tenma? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Tenma, um, 
Oh, wait, if Jim is Johan, then that means Pam gets to be Nina. Okay. Oh, and my then, God. Uh, oh, who's fuck. in Ryan's, Ryan's Dieter? <laughs> this, is fucking this is so stupid. <laughs> this is so fucking dumb. Oh, like, I thought we'd peaked what we did. We were casting them as the Muppets, as the but Muppets. no, this, this is, is so much better. This is even fucking better. We've got, I mean, it's cliche to like The Office at this point, but I think we've gone to like ironic. I, we're now at oh. like, we're at Brooklyn podcaster level, like loving The Office. <laughs> God, I don't even like the, I mean, I, I have seen the whole thing. I, I enjoyed it well enough. I've seen it like three watched, times all the way through. Yeah. Well, The Office isn't my guilty pleasure um, a sitcom. My guilty what pleasure is? sitcom that I watched like four fucking times before I, I really was like, oh, this is transphobic, is How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. Man, a couple. they did not let up on the trans folks in that particular show. Yeah. Um, which is so unfortunate. Because uh, they're honestly, like, there is there is a lot to like about that show. And oh, there is sure. a lot that is, holy God, untenable. It's hard to watch Barney now, like, is the oh thing. It's Because um, <gasps> I've, I've watched that show, I think, twice through. And I'm kind of slowly rewatching it this year. Um, because of the... Have you watched any of the new one, the How I Met Your Father? No, are you kidding me? I saw the trailer and I was like, well, this is soulless. It's, no, it's it's... Better than the trailer makes it seem. Because I had the same okay. reaction when okay. it started. It looks soulless. I, I hate the way it's shot. It yeah. Looks, it, it looks like a soap. Like, I don't know what's going on. It looks cheap for some yes, reason. And it's it probably really because cheap. it is, I think, is the thing. But, like, it's it's pretty good. I think Hilary Duff is very good in that show. Mm. Is the um, And there's a couple other characters that I like. But it's, it is, like, you know, because we watched a bunch of episodes of that one afternoon. And then yeah. put How I Met Your Mother on. How I Met Your Mother is just you know leaps and bounds better but um there's there's some stuff to like in the it's an all-timer theme song yes you gotta give it to the theme song for how i met your mother like that it sets the tone so well it's um monster do we want to talk about monster Monster? um (laughs) i don't have like a ton of notes on this chapter the the one that i have is there's the how sad carl looks when shuwald sends him home because his thought is oh shuwald my dad likes johan better than me as the like that's yeah. the way he just he looks so sad when he leaves. Um Yeah, but this is of course like Shuval trying to keep He's protecting him. Yeah, yeah. He, he's protecting him. There is an important there's <laughs> It is pretty funny. So at the bottom of an early page, you know, Shuvald is going into the library. Uh if anything were to happen to Herr Shuvald, the shock to the stock market would be disastrous. He's absolutely pivotal to the economy of the EU. We can't Uh-oh. have him dying on us just yet. Uh uh-oh. You may as well just say you were going to go see your daughter tomorrow. You haven't yeah, seen her for in a long fucking, time. for fucking real. Uh, <laughs> don't even talk like that. If Shuvald were to not go fishing with Carl tomorrow, <laughs> you know, it's just, oh man. Oh, jeez. You know? Yeah. Yeah, you really, as the reader, you know, you, you know what's about to happen. Yeah, honestly, here's, here's my question. Is this a necessary telegraph here? Like, did we need this one? I don't know if we needed this one, frankly. I mean, probably not, but it's kind of funny a little bit. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> funny. It's definitely funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I do think, like, foreshadowing is is all well and good. Uh, but I, I do think it's kind of amusing when it occurs. 
in, mm-hmm. in such a in such a blatant way. Direct way, yeah. Yeah. Um You know, and then again, Rudy Rudy and Lunga. And Lunga's just such a brick wall. He will not budge, and I, I like that Rudy keeps pushing, and I like that Lunga won't budge. Yeah. And then there's this super annoying, annoying thing Lunga says, where he goes, Johan exists, and then we cut to his devil smile. In Tenma's mind. <laughs> you know, you little shithead. Fuck you. Fuck you. What, it's that, it, it annoys the hell out of me that he did that. Um, but it's also, I, I think it is interesting how we are still getting this... The question of does Johan exist has been it's been really yeah yeah it's been complicated but in the last few chapters it's been coming up like a lot it seems to be at almost a core question of of at least this section of the of the manga is does Johan exist what does it mean to exist actually let's put a pin in that one. I don't like I don't know if it comes up too much during this reading, but I have a suspicion that the question of literally what does it mean to exist is going to be really important to the back half of the manga. Well, didn't he he said it when they killed fake Margot Langer, Langer I think, right? Like that he didn't exist. Yeah, I think that's when. It, yes. And then does he that's, say that's when it? this whole thing starts. Yeah, that's when okay. this theme was introduced is when Johan said, I don't exist. Right. And ever since he said that, other characters have been have been discussing about whether he exists or not. I mean, the the conversation about whether he was real has been has been happening a bit, but it really kicked into high gear when Johan said it himself. And so it's uh, it's I'm just noticing it. Yeah, and I know. So one of our listeners um, a few episodes ago commented on the uh, on Twitter and linked us to an article that I think we'll we'll read and talk about after mm. we finish. Yeah. Um, and I think yes. that was like the title of the article. Yeah. As does well, does was, he exist? Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm really I'm super excited to that. And yeah. Thanks for thanks for that. By the way, I can't remember who that was, but Listener, thank you for sharing it. You yeah, know, yeah. you're like, ah, oh, it's so nice when people talk. It, to us it about was very this cool show. when I, I saw love that to talk comment. to people about yep. about this thing. Um. So then, you know, uh, Tenma goes into, no, Luka, Luka got me. He said, I am Tenma. And I believed him. Um, (laughs) I believed him. Uh, we have this cool, we have this cool page where Luka is like, he's got his hands out. He's like, one hand, I am Tenma. And then the other hand, I am Johan. And this cool little bit where he's pretending to be Johan, right? Where he's getting into Johan's brain space. We see him from behind the same way that we see Johan oh, from behind. Oh, that's great. Uh, for, for about half of a page. Um, and he says, I am chaos. I like chaos. And I think that's interesting because I don't think that's what Johan likes. Right? Uh, well, see, I'm going to say again, like, I think the way that this section plays out, I disagree. I mean, because like what he, he does. does, what ends up happening, yeah. this is pure chaos. This is just... This it's is just, Joker mode. I just want to watch the world Joker burn. Mode. I mean, okay, okay. You know what? I take that back. Last one standing at the end of the world, and then I think about what he did at Kinderheim. Okay. Yeah, standing as the. All right. uh-huh, uh-huh. He's okay. Fair enough. He likes. He likes chaos. I think it's interesting that that Lunga can immediately get there. Is the thing that he that this is the this is his takeaway. 
right? It's like other people look at Johan and they see, you know, we said perfectly balanced, mm. right? But Lunga's doing his Ooh. I am Johan and it's chaos. That's true. Chaos is what it's I crave. Really, it is interesting that he knows, like he's, yeah. he has a very good sense. Of who of Johan who, is. Of who yeah. Johan is, even though he thinks Johan is Tenma. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, right answer, just, wrong. Yeah, it's the, just interesting that he is method. so right and so wrong at the same time. Uh huh. Um, I think that's really. Uh, I just think that's a cool space for a character to inhabit, uh, yes. and and like very. That conflict makes for a fun texture for the reader. Yeah, I mean, it makes it not just binary, right? It's like, yes. it's, you've got, it makes it more gray, which I think is a thing that yeah. we've talked about it's a, a lot, really good. So. It's a really good reason. And I think we, we kind of, we, we donked on it when it started, right? Because, yeah, we did. You know, and I, I think we were right to, but especially as it's the a manga. it's a little silly. It, but... it is silly, but as the manga has gone on, you know, I, I, I called it, I said, this is an excuse for Lunga to chase Tenma and chase Johan without them both being on the same team. Mm-hmm. And at the time I was kind of like, it seems like a cheap way out. It seems like an easy way to make this happen. And I stand by that. I think maybe there was a fancier way, but, but I think it's grown on me where I think it's a little bit smarter. Yeah, definitely. Like when you see kind of the results of this, of this approach to it, um, uh, it 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 creates some satisfying stuff. Yeah, even if it you starts said texture a, a couple yeah. minutes ago, and I really like that as a descriptor yeah. of of what it is. So, yep, good stuff. Um, yeah, uh, and then we've got food. Food is important. Mm-hmm. I'll have a lot to say a little bit later about about, about food. food. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's some stuff to say right here because uh, Dieter brings Reichwein some some buns and. Uh, I can't tell what kind of liquid this is, but maybe it's milk. I like to think it's milk. Yeah. Um, you know, and, uh, bread sure is good in Europe. They have oh, good fucking, man. They have good fucking bread over there. I love bread. Um. <laughs> have you ever, have you ever been, have you, uh, Matt, have you ever, have you ever been to, to Europe? No, I've been never the, been to Europe. You've been I've, to the continent. I have not left Matthew. North America. I've been to mm-hmm. Canada. I've been right. to, I guess I've been to Central America, but I think that's still part of North America, it technically. Sort of is. Um, I think, it, wait, no, I think it's just Central. I think Central is Central. Well, it's not um, its own continent, though, but it's like, it's mm. it's one of those things where I don't it's, know how it is on the yeah, place. I don't know. But, but yeah. I've, I've not left, I guess I will say the, the quadrant of the, if we were to split it into the North and South Hemisphere, and then like, I don't know which way around the globe, but like, Matt, I, what I've, if you and me did like a monster tour? Oh, that'd be so cool <laughs> if we went have, to Germany we and went just to, like, like we went to the different like monster spots. Man, that oh, would be a, oh, that would be pretty fun. We should do that. We should. That do would that. be really fun. Fuck that'd be me. Really, really fun. Ooh, okay, um, that's a possibility. Okay, join our Patreon, please. <laughs> Send us to Europe, <laughs> Send us so to I can Europe. eat good bread. <laughs> yeah, I've been to Europe precisely one time. I'm not some kind of like. Glow jet hopper, setting you yeah. know yeah i've been there one time to see my check friend actually and you know bread over there really hits fucking different mm. i tell you what that shit's crazy uh like you can you can understand why they eat so much just bread this is because okay. the bread is that good because you're like you oh know, i can just eat this 
do you know my my bread for lunch phase? Have I told this story before? <laughs> no. Oh man. So this is this is very funny to me. So when um this was March 2021, February, March, like April 2021. This is like when I was I was I was dating a girl during that chunk of time um and uh growing a beard and my hair was really long and I was still working in I was in the office, right? Like we were back in the office and I had it was I mean it was for like 3 or 4 weeks what I would do for lunch is I think I saw a TikTok they made a joke about it or something but I would drive to the grocery store near my office I would go in I would buy a baguette and I would buy some sort of cheese from the cheese aisle and then go and sit in my car and eat bread and cheese and <laughs> At first, it was like this was like a happy thing that I did, right? Because like I was dating this girl, I was, you know, I, everything was good uh-huh. and fine. Uh-huh. Um, and, and then, then. we broke up, and then I was sadly eating bread and cheese <laughs> in my car. And that's a very different thing. It was very different. My sister came to visit at one point, and I br- I brought my sister to do this with me. We went to Publix. We each bought a loaf of bread and some cheese, and listened to heavy metal in my car oh in my the parking God. lot. And so I did that for a while, and then like. Stopped doing that. Um, made friends, uh, like a year later, made friends with some of the accountants um, who worked. Because my cubicle got moved around a lot. I wasn't really sitting near people. Yeah. I got moved back downstairs, made friends with some of the accountants. And we we were going to lunch. And we were, you know, kind of doing the getting to know you stuff. And I was like, yeah, you, you know, I, I really don't go out for lunch. I usually just eat lunch by myself. And one of the accountants, she goes, oh, I know. I said, what? And she said, well, more than once... I saw you, uh, I, I went to Publix, so like I would go and get groceries during lunch, and I saw you go pick up a loaf of bread and some cheese and then walk back to your car and sit in your car and eat bread and cheese. <laughs> oh my God. I was like, oh no. And she's oh. like, multiple times I saw oh this. Oh my God. <laughs> That's mortifying. It was, I was oh. like, oh, oh no. Oh God. <laughs> Oh, that hurts. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's one of the funniest things that's ever happened to me. God, that's good. Um, <sighs> Jesus. Anyway, so Reichfein eats eats some snack. Snack? He, he eats some snack. And mm-hmm. then he stands up and he realizes what's going on and then him and Dieter like they don't even get in the car they just run they run down the road it must be pretty close by um you know and so then both teams are on the way and then we're here and there's Johan over a black background that black to gray gradient that we've seen before the doom gradient um he emerges from the shadows you know, first the shadows are, are in front of him, and then the shadows are behind him. Um, oh, man, that's so cool. You know, he's, uh, he's a real ominous critter, our Johan, and wearing a truly awful tie. He's, uh... It's such a fucking 90s... I mean, it's 90s, bad, but it's, it's kind of... It's 90s ass. Yeah. Fucking so the Jackson whole... Pollock ass. When this chapter kicked off, I put on a, I, I, cause I have, I, I don't read in silence. Like usually I will have music on while I'm reading. Oh, really? I put on like an industrial ambient, uh, playlist while ooh, I read this ooh, section. Ooh, cause ooh. it just feels extremely nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. Think. yeah. Totally. Um, 
So that was good. I like, this is a detail. I hadn't written it down, but uh, we start seeing, there's the clapping sounds a lot, like the onomatopoeia yeah, for they're... clapping start happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and that gets introduced later. There's the onomatopoeia for someone like shaking. And mm. they don't look very similar, but I think it's, you've got the sound of clapping and the sound of shaking start oh. happening a lot. Um, oh, it's kind of interesting. Like they're overlapping. I'll keep an eye out A little that. bit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's neat. I think it's more when Shewalt's yeah. giving his speech, but. Um, sure, sure. It's. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. And that, those, there's a couple of little panels where it's just like, you see like the barrel of the gun just peeking out over the thing this is rookie mistakes that that the scope is is flashing right this is tenma saying come find me come find me but yeah yeah, i do i do like it it's good yeah i brought that monster back tenma thinks Mm. you know you can feel you know it's obvious that he feels responsible um which listeners he's not but he's not whatever uh that's that's the fun part is that he's wrong it's fun to follow a main character who's fucking wrong and making it's bad good. choices because of it uh lada catches up with nina at the airport shows nina the picture book nina looks at it and the chapter ends with a shot of child nina on a dead black background kill me fucking yeah. mint what it's a wild. good, what a good, like, and like, and again, you know, we've been kind of leisurely making our way through this chapter because we haven't recorded in a while and it's a mid-season finale and we're just kind of luxuriating. But in the, like, listeners, you know, if you've been reading along, like if you've been reading this thing, I bet when you got to this, to this page, like the pacing of this chapter and then this, boom. What a fucking, what a fucking roundhouse. Well, I think it's super interesting that there, and I I just noticed this, right? Is yeah. we have the sound of her heart speeding up, and this mm-hmm. is translated to English, right? This isn't, it this is. isn't an onomatopoeia. Yeah. This isn't left as just usually, sounds. Usually, usually when something's in a bubble, it gets translated. Okay. I would say. Uh, but so I yeah, think it's interesting it that this gets called out, right? Is like, we know it's, this is not just something that's happening in the background. This is the focus, is the heartbeat mm. speeding up as we go to like this yeah. kaboom that it ends with. Yeah, because it it's, starts with, it's, it starts with dum, dum, dum. And then on the next page, it's ba-dum, 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 you know? And so like, we can feel, and I guess that's why they translated it, because it's so vital to understanding this sequence. You have to know what's, what, what these sounds are, you know? And so the, the pace like ramps up and then silence kill me man Woo! it's so good Woo! it's like it's the whole thing it's like we said it's the it's like the the roller coaster and then it just feels like it it shoots you off the cliff you know Mm -hmm. or it's like one thing i think about a lot when it comes to pacing is i think about uh listeners i don't know how much anime you watch but like you know that thing that happens sometimes in like particularly really good action anime where an action happens and then at the end of the action like, it kind of slows down, but it's still got a lot of frames. You know, it's like the follow-through portion of it. Especially, yeah. it happens a lot in Evangelion, is kind of what I'm thinking about. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. This, that's one of my favorite feelings of pacing and everything. I love that, I love that feeling. And this gives me that feeling of this, like, follow-through with a lot of frames. Just, mm-hmm. like, really, like, it's over, but you're still in it. And it just, like, carries you through. It's good. It's fucking good. It's um, really good. Chapter 71, The Nameless Monster. Um, whoa. 
This is super cool. And oh, oh, right. I need to. Uh, I sorry. I got. I got so excited to talk about. It, I forgot about the yeah, <laughs> the summary. Yeah. Uh, well, okay, so we read we read the storybook, which, listener, you have already heard us read. Um, and it's a, it's pretty spooky um, and very thematic, and I can't wait to talk about it. And Lotta, you know, talks to Nina and is like, who the fuck are you? And Nina is like, bro, I literally, I literally do not know. Um, and then she goes to the library to do some murder. Um, we're all trying to do some murder. Tenma's trying really hard to do some murder, but can't quite, can't quite make it happen. Uh, he, he remembers, you know, the, he remembers what Johan is responsible for and almost manages it. And then Johan looks right at him through the scope. He does the Johan thing. And then guess who shows the fuck up? It's our, our trusted friend. friend, Roberto. Uh, who pistol whips the fuck out of Tenma, grabs the gun. Uh-oh! It is such a good way to end the chapter. Like, my heart sunk, right? I was like, oh, no. The things that Roberto can do with that gun. This oh, is not man. good. Oh, it's so bad. Yeah. Oof. What a what a chapter. Like, a lot of it's taken up with the storybook. So, like, mm-hmm. it not, like, only a couple of things happen in the middle of the actual plot but this storybook is so important yeah i yeah. okay so i don't know it's very confusing the the fact that the monster splits at the beginning i don't know what to do with that what and that mean? that's how what are you well that's about? but uh, okay to, to me right it's like twins right yeah. is is half of this monster nina i don't know yeah, this is, yeah, of course, of course they're twins. Like, of well, I mean, they're... we've talked about Johan being split, but I have never considered, hey, well, I mean, I guess I have very briefly, like, is Nina also a monster? Like, do we need to be worried about her? Or, well, I mean, I guess yeah, yeah. not because, hang on, I'm, I, I am talking through this a lot, but it's like, Nina yeah. went to a different orphanage, right, where she was cared for. And that was kind of like, we saw the, it was that lady who looked mean, but was nice. Yeah. Um, so it's like, and that's the monster, the monster that didn't, go off and eat people it says like hey i i didn't need a name i'm i'm okay right yeah. is is the resolution for that one yeah okay no i mean yeah this the monster splits into and and it becomes twins and you can also see that like you know um later johan says that it was only the two of us right we were the only two in the entire right. world the the two were one uh, and not to spoil too much but there's actually some more stuff later in the manga that kind of reinforces the idea that in a weird way, Johan and Nina were kind of one thing, um, and then became separated. So that's what this—that's what the name of monster splitting into two is representing here. Is representing okay. twinship, and and also, uh, and also representing east and west. One monster goes east, one monster goes west, and it's right. it's also talking about that divide um, there. Although I'm not sure exactly how specifically relative that is to like east and west germany um like it feels more thematic than like analogous i think is the thing i would say i would say that's accurate yeah the monster that went east came upon a village um yeah um yeah at the end of the book lotta has this frame and I, this mm-hmm. is the one that i want to use for the the, the title uh, or the the art for this one where she just mm-hmm. says 
Um, hang on. I want to read it so that I don't say it wrong because it is 100% how I feel thinking about this picture book. Um, she says, why does reading this picture book make me feel so awful? Yes. <laughs> and Matt, this is a King thing. Is it? It is. I don't know if you remember, but there is. Oh, Charlie the Choo Choo? Bingo. Yes. Okay. The idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the there is a, a thing that comes up a few times in King's work where he has a children's book that is strangely sinister that mm-hmm. reads perfectly normally to an adult, but to children somehow it's terrifying and fucked up and it fucks them up. Yeah, and you're right. I forgot about that because it's this, the whole Jake looking at it and being like, those kids are screaming. They exactly, are not yes, having a good time. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, and this to me, this is exactly that. You're this right. is that it precise is. thing. Um, oh, when does The Wasteland come out? Hang on. I have to Google gotta this Gotta check quick. it. I'm yeah. positive. I mean, it's before this for sure. Um, it would have to be because that's an 80s book, I think. Yeah. Uh, the Wastelands is 91, and 91, yeah. we've already said, what is this, 97? I don't remember. We're probably around 97 by now. I don't know, 96. 94 through 01 is when this one ran. Yeah. So it's it's after. He's, yeah. he's read it by now. And that would be kind of a fresh translation, too, so it would probably be fresh in, uh, fresh in Urasawa's mind. I mean, like, obviously, Urasawa could have, have done this on his own. Like, the idea yeah, of the yeah, creepy yeah. children's book doesn't belong it's to It's not, King. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. But it's see, it's a little, it's a little close. Like it's not as one to one as the apt pupil was. Apt no, pupil, yeah. there's not a doubt in my fucking. That was mind. a reference. Yeah, this could go either way. Um, but uh, certainly say enough of a connection to bring it up. I would say. Oh, good, um, good call for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think this is uh pretty cool. Um, let's talk about the art. Let's talk about the color. I love that they use the color plates here. Oh, um, yeah. This. It's very good use. Yeah, and it's also, you know, like the, the art style. You can tell it's Urasawa, right? You can, like, you can just tell when it's a person's quality of line. Like, art is so personal. You can tell when someone's doing it. You can tell that these are his lines. Uh, but it's also, you know, it's a storybook, it's a storybook style. You've got these cool watercolor, you know, the, the colors done in these watercolors. Um, it's not nearly as detailed as, as anything, um, uh, as other stuff. It, it almost looks a bit like, like children's drawings. It's very, uh, it's almost, it's almost cute, but it's also quite dreary. Um, I love the design of the monster. I do too. Yeah, it's a like a green goblin-y looking thing that has this big purple flowy like mantle. Yeah, and it looks the, like the things Zatch Bell wears. Honestly, I'm, um, <laughs> listeners, you know my feelings on Zatch Bell, and you know mine. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I really I like the monster. Yeah, and I the way that it goes into people and eats people, I think oh, is very yeah. like spooky looking. It's good. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah, it's really it's really spooky the story itself. You know, you've got this cool like refrain, you know, look how enormous the monster side of me has grown, chomp chomp munch munch gobble gobble gulp. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's really I mean, it's it's not like it's difficult to write in a children's story voice, but this strikes me as a very effective. Yeah. Um 
like use of, of that like repetition, you know, that is so common in kids books. I think it'd be easy to phone it in. And this isn't like, oh, I very, this is one, it would, if this was a real children's book, right? Like if this was published standalone, like it works, there's no problems with it. Absolutely. It, it yeah. reads as a kid's book. It reads as a weird and kind of fucked up kid's book. Yeah. Kicks, kickstarted to print a, a zine run of this, and then I just <laughs> put it in children's libraries. Oh, man, how cool would that be? Like, if we got an artist to, like, if we just reinterpreted that, like, had someone do a different drawing of this, right? Oh, like, with this text, like, we gave them the text and got a a zine of it. That'd be so That's sick. Interesting. You know what else is interesting I just noticed? What's that? The, um... Oh, it's because the palette changes. So they only... Okay, so apparently they only yeah, have so much... Yeah, it does so the thing where it goes... It, into, where it starts to go to monochrome and then to black and white. Yeah, it's it's black, white, and red. Um, yeah, so the monster who had gone west said, Who needs a name? I'm quite happy without one. After all, we're nameless monsters. I think that is really really interesting i think that's super cool it's good yeah because it's like the idea of because it's about acceptance right like the that monster has accepted it and then of course it's a it's like a dark like fractured fairy tale style ending where greed wins out hunger wins out you know and and the the hungry monster eats its eats its sibling who had attained peace because yeah. this this monster who wants a name so badly has no peace it resents that the other one has accepted this yeah yeah you know um and that you know look how big the monster inside of me has grown it has this you know the i i think hunger is a really important like qualification for this yeah and, I mean, and of that's course the, that's yeah. how, that's how each little chunk of the story ends right is it gets hungry and then either eats its host or in the case of the the when it's the boy yeah when it has the right host it, it eats yeah. everyone else yeah and obviously uh, which is i mean what johan's been doing right yeah, like you know he's you know. killing the families as he leaves them he's he, yeah he, mm -hmm. this is clearly i mean it's johan the kid's name is it's Johann. his mo it's uh -huh. you know it's 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 one-to-one -one. we are intended as the reader we know like this monster is johan um and but it ascribes this story ascribes to johan something that we have not thus far ascribed to him which is hunger hmm because you said know. boredom, I think was the was the phrase yes. that you used last time. Yeah, yeah, but hunger we haven't. We talked about boredom, but but I I think this is a stronger motivation. You know, it's it, it's very it's very interesting to think about Johan now with this kind of with this new potential thing driving his actions. If Johan is hungry, if he desires, what is it that he desires? Like, what is he really, you know, we've asked this question before. What is he actually trying to achieve? What mm -hmm. does he actually want? And we still don't. It's unclear. Really know. Yeah. Um, but this feels like another hint. So. Pretty yeah. cool stuff. Um, I like uh, the I like the conversation between Nina and, and Lada afterwards. Um, the, the first note I have is... Um, 
just like we had the two typing sounds, now we have the two panic responses, which is shocked silence versus loud oversharing. Because Nina mm-hmm. just kind of sits there like in stunned silence. And Lada is just like, what is going on? I am freaked out. What do you mean you don't know your check? What is going on? Why? Yeah. She, she, I mean, it's the thing I said, why does this book make me feel so awful? But the other thing she says is, I get this queer feeling that everything that is relatable, relatable, is relatable, up. relatable, relatable. What? I also get this queer feeling. Oh. (laughs) When I read this book, why do I feel like all of the queer things that have happened recently are piling up on me at once? Which I... Why do I I, feel like everything is connected to Johan? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a lot of of is freaking out. Yeah. Why does reading this picture book make me feel so awful? It's cool. It's also... And then she hyperventilates and is like, I'm sorry, I got carried away. It's so cute. It's good. And it's 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 scary. It's... I'm scared too. You know, (laughs) it's like, it's also because like seeing Lada getting really drawn into this bullshit that's happening in Monster. Like, she's still on the outskirts, but even she's like, what the fuck is happening? This is so fucked up. Mm -hmm. You know? And that's also kind of... I just think that's... I always think it's cool to watch that happen to a character in this series where they are living a normal life and then like they they start realizing that this horrible thing is happening what's well, how we got introduced yeah. to nina right and like that's a yes, great yes. segment right oh, like man. where it's it's yeah. that it's the same thing right it's like she it it cracks and then she's in this horrible mess it's you know, it's good and it's all fucking johan's fault always like johan is this is this he's a monster he's dragging everyone down he's dragging everything in everything is connected to him at all all roads lead to johan um i also think it's interesting you know why does reading this picture book make me feel so awful this is another example of kind of the audience being informed of a mildly supernatural Oh, kind of yeah. thing in the in the same way that we are informed of Johan's supernatural ability to make people feel at ease and comfortable, and his ability to uh, befriend and control serial killers, we now know that this picture book also has something beyond its its um, assumed power. You know, it has something else to it. Uh, in the same way that Johan does. And that's that's interesting, you know? Yeah. It's another way of identifying this with, with Johan uh, and, yeah. and with that mystery, the power of mystery. Um, there's totally something there. Uh, by the way, I know just enough Czech to know, to be able to translate the title of the book, which is yes, Obluda Ktera Nemas Fiermiano, uh, Imeno, something like that. But basically, so Obluda, monster, Ktera is witch, Nemas well, Svet is kind of like it. Svet would mean like it's it does not have a name itself. Kind of, it's sort of a reflexive word that you use because it doesn't. It means that it doesn't have its own name. Okay. Like I could say I don't have a book, but then if it, if I use like a version of Svet. It would mean, like, I don't have my book. I'm looking for my book. Okay. Um, yeah, and Nemma does not, does not have Imeno. Uh, and that's my Good little stuff. bit of, that's my little bit of check. That's Check Corner. That I know. Check, check Corner. Um, I like there's, at the, at the yeah. you know, after, after Lada has her outburst, there's 
uh, a couple frames at the bottom of the page where N- Nina is asking, you know, this guy that you think is my twin, are we mm-hmm. really so alike? And while she's asking that, her eyes are, we can't see her face. Yeah, She's we got can't like see the it. shadow, right? It's mm-hmm. the, this is, it's, it's Johan, right? That's what we've yeah. got right now. There are definitely, you know, when we see, when we see Nina, and at the top of the next page too. She turns and looks Nina, at the camera. She does And she the looks Johan like look. Johan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like normally she doesn't look too much like Johan because she's so much more expressive than mm-hmm. he is because she actually, she has strong feelings. And I can only imagine that like, again, as a face first mangaka, this is something that Urasawa does intentionally to make sure that we never see their connection too closely unless he wants us to. Right. Honestly, I I feel like that probably has something to do with why Johan is always so serene and Nina feels so strongly is to keep the separation between them strong until mm. he flattens Nina's aspect and then we see, you know, then we see their yeah, their twinship. It's, it's really uh, it's it's really cool. Um and it's the kind of technique that only works over the course of a longer series. Yeah. Right? Because it's built up. Um, so anyway, she's got a gun. I guess she just got that through airport security somehow. Um, it was the 90s. It was yeah, well, the 90s. And she's taking a train. So you can do oh, whatever you train. want on a train. A train. Oh, yeah, you can take a gun on a train anytime. <laughs> um, they they want you to. They, they give you a discount. Um have you seen Bullet Train? That's a pretty good movie. I haven't. I feel like I'd like it. Um, I think you would. Uh, this is a recommendation for Bullet Train for you and our listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then ten. I like that Lada in immediately yeah. realized that she fucked up in revealing this info. She's like, oh, crap. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Can you see Tenma shaking and remembering the death of Junkers, remembering the death of the Fortners. Remembering the death of Maurer. Poor Maurer. Oh, man. Man. Yeah. And then Johan gives him the look. Just looks right at him. We see Johan looking right at him through the scope. Terrifying. So scary. He's looking right at me. And it's a page flip for Berto. I mean, we, we're not flipping mm-hmm. the page, but it's on the opposite page. It's We have yeah. the gun, and then it's the reveal that this is Roberto. I've been keeping my eye out for Jack in the Boxes, honestly. And, yeah. like, there's a couple of minor ones, but none that have a real wham to them. No really reading. big ones. Yeah. Yeah, no really big ones. Like, they're around. They're around. I just haven't, like, they haven't seemed super important. Um. Yeah. Fucking Roberto. He's right fucking there. How did it... Man, this guy... He just turns up. He just shows up. Man, and that pistol whip looks like it hurts, too. Yeah, he... It's wild, man. You know? Gives Tenma a bloody nose. Breaks his nose, maybe even. Picks up the gun. Says, let me show you how to shoot a gun. Perfect oh, end to a chapter. Fucking great end to a chapter. And it's like, nothing good is about to happen. Yeah. Not a damn good thing is about to happen. The roller coaster has come off the tracks. <laughs> we oh, are... Yeah, yeah. It's come off the tracks. We've got a bloody nose. <laughs> Kick it. Kick it. Okay, chapter 72, uh, The Ant's Banquet. Uh, Shewald takes the stage, and Roberto dials in the shot with the sniper rifle as Tenma watches in horror. In the wings, we see a woman carrying a can of gasoline, making small talk with Johan before he joins Shewald on stage. Tenma and Roberto wrestle for control of the gun as Johan helps Shewald to the podium. 
She will ask Johan what it is he wants, but Johan just smiles and says that the library is completely full of people all here for him. Shewald begins to tremble. Roberto subdues Tenma and Shewald's speech begins. He directly addresses the crowd and tells everyone to make a single file line to evacuate the building. The crowd nervously laughs as Roberto goes to line up his shot and Johan gives a signal to the lady with the gas can, who drops a match, setting off an explosion and engulfing the building in flames. The crowd descends into chaos, trying to escape, as Roberto begins laughing, watching from the vantage point, saying that Johan has changed the plan to something so much better. Tenma gets a hold of Roberto's pistol, and the two hold each other at gunpoint. Johan monologues about ants and fear, and Roberto says that Tenma's just a doctor, and there's no way he can take a life. The chapter ends with a gunshot. Woo! Wahoo! Wah! Wahoo! Woo! It's good. Fuck, this one's good. Yeah. This one's really fucking good. We haven't had an action chapter like this in a while, where it's no, just like yeah. stuff is happening. Um, oh, stuff is really It's exciting. Because um, we're cutting back and forth between, I mean, like, it's good. Shewald getting ready to give a speech is like exci- as exciting as, as Roberto and Tenma wrestling over this gun. Like, yeah, you know, oh man, and Shewald. I love Shuvald's approach, but oh, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. So, uh, one thing I want to take note of, Tenma with the bloody nose looks completely unhinged. Like, the yeah, faces me, he's making here. in this, like, especially on this double page, uh, with the last page oh, of 71 and the first yeah, page of yeah, 72, yeah. like, his uh-huh. eyes are super wide, he's got blood all over his face, you know, like, you can tell, you can tell Everything is out of his control. Everything is going wrong. This is worst case scenario. And he doesn't know what to do. You know? And it's... And there's just total... He's in complete terror. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's super, super effective. And we have the... And the title page. The title page for this chapter is super fucking good. Because it's... You know, it's a, a fully black page. Except for the circle of the scope. Right on Shuvald. The Ant's Banquet. Oh, man! It's great. Um, it's a it's, killer. It's really good. And we get more... So this... I, I just checked. The the thing I mentioned earlier about, like, the clapping and the shaking. Yeah. That started last chapter with Tenma mm-hmm. shaking as he tries to, you know, did, take yeah, the shot. Yeah. And it continues here. We get it a lot, right? Of, like, the clapping on Amanapia and then the, mm-hmm. the trembling. Um, mm-hmm. Which, you know, I don't really know if there's any, like... I, like real thought that goes into it, but I I do li- there's something that I like about it, right? Where it's Mixing like you have this it. really loud sound yeah. and then the quiet sound that's kind of like and they're they're both as as big, right? Yeah, totally. You know, it really uh, the mixing the mixing applause and trembling and fear is again a cool texture. It's a very mm-hmm. cool texture, and it, it really shows the it really shows how much more you can do with Japanese style onomatopoeia than you can do with the uh, with western style onomatopoeia frankly yeah and you there's know. a little bit of some of the applause gets the big western style onomatopoeia where it's yeah. like clap 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 but yeah i yeah. i do like the very little the the tiny ones a lot yeah totally you know and also you get um after uh after roberto picks up the gun you get several you get a lot of shots of the scope like moving across the stage and that's really cool. I mm-hmm. love this image. I love this image of like looking through the scope, you know, being put in the eye of the person who's got it. Like, 
putting the gun in your hands. You know, it's super cool. And it's, um, I think it would be harder. Well, I guess here's a question. How different do you think this device would be in film? Well, like, I mean, would it, would it feel I feel similarly, do you think? Yeah, one of the Jason Bourne movies does something like this. Um, I think it's the third one. There's a there's a sequence where it's like there's a meeting that happens and the sniper scope. Uh, you, I mean, you get shots down scope. I think that happens a lot in in kind of action movies. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Um, so it, it, to me, yeah, it, it feels pretty cinematic. And I mean, like the first thing that jumps to mind is for that that title page. It's almost like the beginning of a James Bond movie, right? Like that very famous tracking shot of you know the scope, and then James Bond is silhouetted in there. So I I think it is. I, I agree with what you're saying, right? It, it, where it's like it puts the reader, you are, you're the one holding the gun, looking down the thing. But um, it's, I, I think this, this is another cinematic move that, that works really well. Totally. Yeah, so then this lady shows up, and we've never seen her before, but she's carrying a gas can. And you can tell instantly she's fucked up. She's bad news, yeah. <laughs> He's bad fucking news. Yeah. Like, her body language is weird. And, like, she says, her shoe vault certainly is popular. Yes. And it's like, uh, uh, you know. And she's carrying a gas can. And as the reader, you go, uh-oh. Yeah. It's, Who is this? What's going on? Oh, uh-oh, uh-oh. <laughs> you know, she walks right past Johan pretty clear you know you start to you start to get an idea of what's about to happen and there's this great panel there's this fucking killer panel of uh tenma tackling roberto off of the shelf you know um oh yeah this is great this panel is so dynamic you know like it's also unusual because we've we've talked a bit before about how Urasawa depicts action and motion, right? It's normally very blurry. There's no blur here. This is actually a freeze frame style shot, which is kind of unusual for him. Uh, and we'll see, like, in the following pages as they wrestle, lots and lots of motion blur. But this is still. And it's really cool because, like, you can see the shelf extending back into the background and, and there's in shadow the behind yeah. them. It's really uh, the depth of field in um, in this panel is amazing, and it's just such a cool, uh, it's such a cool piece of uh, piece of action. Yeah, I think on the next page, I just saw you flip. I and I think this is just because I'm looking at it in detail slowly now. There is something that is so funny to me about like there. It's the two panels of them falling, and then just like quiet thud while everyone else is climbing down on the it's it's very funny um yeah totally yeah it's it's two panels of of like tenma falling and johan falling er, er, or roberto and And it's also cool because tenma is on he's on top roberto and he did the tackle yeah you know and, and the panels reflect that they're looking at each other across the panel boundary it's fucking you know it's yeah, it, it's it's a subtle thing, but it's just Urasawa reminding us that he knows what he's doing. Um, I think it's super cool. And then yeah, just the the quiet thud as everyone else is applauding. Like it is funny, but it's also scary. Oh yeah, you know, in a way, it's like it's just like there's all of these people that don't know anything about what they've walked into. You know, like they just don't know, and there is and and this incredibly dangerous thing is unfolding. Right behind them and in front of them and everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. 
you know, uh, Johan takes Shuvald's hands, lead him, leads him to the podium. Shuvald asks, what is it that you want? Um, and Johan just says, it's a full house. Which, uh, you know, That's but it, extremely it's extremely ominous. Yeah. It's super ominous. And it's, but I don't know. I, I guess maybe it's just to me that I feel like, and maybe it's also because I've read more of the manga, but I, I don't like the idea that what Johan really wants is chaos. I think that's a little I too I mean, that's Joker-ific. Roberto's read, yeah, and maybe it's maybe it's too, like you said, sorry, I cut you off, but it's. I think that's maybe simplifying know, a bit. Yeah, you know, it's like, what does Johan actually want? I don't know. I don't know, and every time someone asks him, he doesn't give them a straight answer. So, like, I don't think, I personally... I don't think we should rely or default to that. I think we should be still questioning what does Yohan actually want? Like he's he does chaos. But why? Like what the the chaos to me is much more of a an effect. Like it seems more it seems more means than end to me. Okay. Um but yeah, the last one standing at the end of the world. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and then Shuvald is is shaking. He says, "What have I done?" You know, he thought well, he, he could says, outplay. I see. As the, yeah, as the I first see. Thing. Yeah, he does, and he's got a little yeah. vein popping out. Um, yeah, what have I done? He thought he could outmaneuver Johan, uh, but now he sees that he just walked into the trap. Uh, and um. we see Roberto in in a much more keyed up mood than normal. Um, the teeth are out. You know, he oh, says, yeah. you know, he says, watch quietly. Yes. And his fucking face in that panel is super scary. You know, he's got this smirk. Ugh, ugh. And there's this panel on the next page of him just like fucking bashing in with the stock of the sniper rifle. He oh. does it a couple times because there's another one yeah. where it's like directly on the face. Right. Yeah. It's a, man. Like a closer shot. He is beating him to a pulp. And it's just um, like Tenma's like not a fighter. Tenma, no. you know, it, it really reminds you that Tenma doesn't belong in this world. Tenma's not a some kind of trained action hero. He's Tenma's a trained ju- doctor. Yeah, he's and this a is what Roberto says. Doctor. You know, You're a doctor. Yeah, yes. You don't take lives, you save lives. That's your work. He's like, I take lives. Yeah, this, this is my is... work. Watch me work. And he's fucking right. And he's fucking right. And here he is, he's working. Like mm-hmm. this is his operating room. Yeah, you know. Oh, that's such a that's a phrase that's been used in other stuff, and it's always hard as hell, right? It's so <laughs> sick. Yeah. Um. And then Shuval does a really baller move. Yeah. You know, which I love this, right? Because so what Shuval does here is he he's on the podium, and instead of making his speech, he's like, you know, hey, listen carefully, please evacuate this building. You know. Well, and the panel's cool too, right? Because it's like it's just a blank white panel, and it's you must all evacuate this building. You know, because it's the other panels where we see shots of him. There's the curtains behind, yeah, right, you're right. But this one, it's like it is gone completely. It's we. It's just him saying you must all evacuate this building, and it's it's synced up with Johanda's. It's like such a cool the signal he gives to start the fire, right? It's like we're cutting between the three things that are happening. It's like Shuwal is getting to the important part in his speech. Johan raises his finger, right? Shuwald says his thing, and Johan swipes his finger down. The match goes down, buildings mm-hmm. up in flames. Like, yeah, it's sick. 
It's really, <laughs> it's really cool. Like that, that little thing that the shot of Johan behind Shuval, there's this really like easy to skip over, but super interesting panel. Shuvald is taking up kind of the foreground and in the background, there's just Johan completely expressionless with his hand, with his hand raised, you know, and it's finger up and yeah, yeah there's just something, up. I guess because like you see that and it's confusing. You go, what's he doing? Mm-hmm. And I think that that state of looking at Johan and not knowing what he's doing is really I think that's kind of at the heart of how the readers experience, how everyone experiences Johan is not knowing what the fuck he's doing. Right. Because this is immediately what Roberto says. He's like confused and he's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I think, I think that's the thing is just like seeing this panel to me is just such a distillation of this, this strange thing you can't understand. And then a moment later you realize it was violence. Yeah, and it's so sick. Like you have the motion of him swiping his finger down. Yeah, and, and on his the opposite finger, panel, his finger exits the panel. Yeah, when he swipes his finger down, and we know that like that doesn't happen super duper often in this manga, but but his finger is outside of the panel in this really interesting way. So you've got uh, the motion line of him going down, and then on the opposite yeah. panel, the motion line of the match going up Striking against up. the. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah, sick. and then and then the page ends with this incredible panel. Of the creepy lady, whose name we just don't know, um, mm-hmm. standing halfway in the shadows, but, like, she's also outlined a little by the light of the match. It's killer. It's so fucking killer. Yeah. And then she drops the match. Her, her, uh, her fucking unhinged face lit. And mm-hmm. then the fire, and then boom, and then on the next page, it's all chaos. And look at that chaos page. Hello, diagonal panels. Scramble panels. It's Fuck. great. Fuck, yeah. You know, and, and again, we've talked about the importance of non-orthogonal panels in this manga. You know, and here, it's the second time we've seen them after the death of the Fortners. This is only the second time. Did you, did you check? Um, I don't have to check. I know that we've only seen it this time and that one other time. <laughs> Are you where there sure? Was I one thought we've panel. had non-orthogonal no, there panels. No, there was one other time where we had one, and it was a very, very minor one. Okay. okay. Um, well, didn't def- we get them when Johan freaked out? I don't know if we got a diagonal panel. We got, un- no, we got an unusual angle. We got a Dutch angle. Okay. But I think the panel itself, um, I- I'm pretty sure about this. I only have this I one believe you. with me yeah. right now. Um, I mean, if any listeners want to no prize me, it's on not this, a big deal. Yeah, it's I, um, I'm, we can just say yes. This this is yeah. <laughs> this is the second either time way. I mean, regardless of how many times it's happened, we know what it means. Exactly. There we you go. Know, the number doesn't uh, matter. The effect and, does. And the the panel, the the you know half of the page that is dedicated to the crowd going insane is really good. Oh my god! Just seeing them scramble everywhere. The chairs, like this is there are no shortcuts taken in this in this panel every person is drawn by hand every chair is drawn by hand it is really 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 impressive um it's it's sick yeah it's a great crowd shot and like crowd shots are because here's the thing right crowd shots are difficult at the best of times but this is a crowd shot where everyone is running every single person is in a unique pose um or like like if not totally unique very close to it and even if the pose isn't unique the angle is 
you know, like, it's almost Renaissance painting levels of, like, here's this person doing this thing, and this person doing another thing, and this person doing yet another thing. Um, like, really, you know, listeners, I would encourage you to take a bit of time and just look at this panel and really appreciate the work that, that put into making it what it is. Because it's a big one, and you've got these big, uh, scream, you know, the, the big scream onomatopoeia, those are, that's, that's, wah! You know, that's, that's the, the screaming in terror. Uh, it's fucking cool. Yeah, and then we go to Roberto being confused. And then, and then being delighted, overjoyed. Like ants. They're all swarming like ants, trying to escape. Yeah. Like, fucking, I don't care. I don't care, man. Ugh. I just wish Urasawa had picked one of the times to use this image. I wish he had yeah. just done it one single time. Swarming like ants. I don't know. Ugh. Fucking annoying. Man. Yeah, I, I don't have any more notes. I mean, because like, I think the On conversation chapter, that Johan and Shewald have here isn't really too much. I, I think the end of this chapter is cool, right? But like, I don't I don't have a yeah. lot to say about it. Yeah, um, I think probably most other stuff I have to say about this is just like all of the crowd shots of them rampaging, rampaging of them uh, trying to trying to escape. Uh, this is this is Urasawa showing you what he's trained and practiced for. Look at those face- faces. Look at those expressions of fear. Look at how many unique character models we're getting, and look at how believable all of their expressions are. Like this is this is the power of the face first manga mm-hmm. is to really you know like Johan says, can you feel it? Their fear? Yeah, I fucking can. I can. I can see it. Urasawa has transmitted it so directly to me. You know, um, it's really... He makes it look easy. This isn't easy. This really... Drawing this many people with such authentic emotion is not an easy thing to do. No. You know, um... And keep in mind, right, again, keep in mind the the breakdown of the roles in manga, which is that Urasawa is drawing the characters, right? He's drawing the characters, and then his assistants are doing the background. So when you have these crowd shots, you know, guess guess who's doing all of that? It's Urasawa. Urasawa's doing doing the heavy lifting on those crowd shots. So just just give it up. Give it up for the big man. Clap, clap, clap. Tremble, tremble, tremble. Um, yeah, Taking Lives is my line of work. Another great panel. This is just a really, like, visually awesome chapter. There's yeah. a lot of cool shots. The the shots of, of Roberto uh, against the, the smoke and, and the banister while Tenma's, like, pointing the gun at him. It's, it's fucking, sick. Yeah. I mean, Roberto yeah. just looks like amused that Tenma is pointing this gun at him. It's. It's yeah. good. And then Dawn with the blood splatter. Very 90s blood splatter. Oh, yeah. Super 90s. I really wonder how they're going to do that in the anime. Um, I don't know. Oh, yeah. What a chapter, man. Okay. 
Chapter 73. Demon in my eyes. Tenma shoots Roberto. And he shoots him twice. Roberto falls over the banister. Tenma's hands have stopped shaking. Um, he charges into the smoke. And he uh, shoots the lock off the door to get everyone out. In the meantime, Johan and Schuwald have a little conversation. And Johan asks Schuwald if Schuwald can see him. Uh, Nina is outside the library. They run into uh, Dieter and Reichwein. And they look out the window, and there's fire. It really feels like the pacing of this reading is like, here's a chapter where not a lot happens, here's a chapter where a lot happens, here's a chapter where not a lot happens, here's a chapter where a lot happens. You know, um, it's this really, it's this, it's this kind of cool, like, push-pull yeah. kind of feeling to it. You know, and, and I think this is also, uh, pacing-wise, it kind of stands separate from, say, the, uh, uh from the Turkish quarter thing. I don't know. Every word evacuated my brain there. Um, <laughs> it stands, it, it's very separate from the Turkish quarter thing because like we said, right, that was super cinematic. That was very much like a film, you know, and, and this is also kind of like a movie or maybe more like, honestly, like a finale of a television series a bit more. Um, but, uh, the, the Turkish quarter, the Turkish quarter arc really, it had that ramping up feel, right? Yeah. Like, like stuff kept accelerating and going up and then here's the climax and wow, we're done. And, and this is very much not paced that way. This is, this is very much like, here's a, here's a, here's an action packed, like, here's an action packed, like dip. And now here, and now here is like some character stuff and some more slow paced things to kind of explore more uh, the characters or the past or the future what you got yeah i hesitate to say that the turkish quarter stuff was fun like to use that word to describe it but that is that <laughs> no, is almost how i would do it right it's like yeah. that was just like oh sick yeah fun action adventure movie right like yeah. there's some horrific stuff in there but like that one's like like you said it's like we're ramping up i mean the baby is just like comical is the other thing totally too, right? uh, the baby is a really the baby's presence, like, the baby is both scary, but his almost, like, the baby almost strikes me as kind of a, a almost a Western-style comic book villain. Yes. Um, you know, and, and in that sense, although the stakes were very high and very real, they weren't quite as, they weren't quite as, like, deadly serious in tone as they could be, because the baby was an inherently comical guy. Yes, um, this is all serious. This is yeah. just like we're going, and it's it is. I mean, like I said, I was listening to like horrible drone music while I was while oh, I was man. reading this. It That's was like, really gotta be something. I mean, it was it was fun. It was cool. Um, after I just said that this segment was not fun, yeah. um, <laughs> <laughs> but like you no, know, I get you. I get you. It's yeah. a, it is a different. It is a different tone. You know. Um, um, I like how angry Roberto is that with the first time Tenma shoots him, like the rage. He's just like, you shot me. <laughs> He's... Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the slow-mo going over the railing is what you just said. That's one of the things that you like, right? Is like we're slowing down and there's a ton of frames for this as he goes over the banister. Yes, um, totally. It's, it's good. I like it. The shot of the first time Tenma fires the gun is also really well rendered. Um, like, it's just this cool close-up of, of Tenma's hands in the gun as the recoil, and you've got this really good motion blur. Um, I just like looking at it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's very cool. Uh, yeah, and he does the, he shot, he shoots twice, and Roberto just goes over. Um, and then you mentioned it, it's the shaking stops, right? Is that, yeah. is that, so and my note is, it was the shaking his fear of being killed, or his fear of having to kill? I think it's the second one, and that it's, makes me go, uh-oh. It's the second one. <laughs> uh-oh. Tenma did it. He did it. And it wasn't even Johan. It was fucking Roberto. Yep. And he, he gets the he gets the guts berserk eyes for a second, yeah. right? With dark shadowy eyes as he his does. hand stops shaking. Yeah, we don't um, see his we don't see his eyes for most of this spread. Um until we see that he goes the the shaking has stopped. But also in the imaginary of monster, uh while Tenma has killed, he is not a murderer because this was in self defense. Yes. Um, it is important. It is important uh, that he did a he, that he did a killing, but it wasn't self defense, and as we know, that's not the same. Uh, well, and because this chapter Manga, opens with Manga. his flashback to his his shooting instructor, who yeah. tells him like the only way that you're going to be able to kill is like when it is your life or the other person's. Yeah, and that's yeah, you and won't that's what know happens. whether you'll be able to do it until yeah. you have to pull the trigger. Um, and I think that was bringing that back. Uh, was a really good move on Urasawa's part because I was actually I was thinking about that panel as the moment was coming and then the panel showed up and I was like oh right yeah here it is there you it know? is yeah like there there it is it's it's a good it's a good setting something up and now it's now it's relevant um there's also a bit where he's running down the smoky stairs and he just falls he just falls down him and we see his like legs it's almost like a comedy panel it's kind of weird um but he just, he just like bleh, just face plants and there's all the people, like, asphyxiating from the smoke and the other people trying to get the fuck out. Ooh, man. I think it's so sinister that, like, Johan can kind of still... Because there's some of Shewald's people, like, trying to figure out how to get him out. And Johan is still, like, in charge of those people. Like, they don't know that he is the one who has done this. Yeah. And he's, and, and, like, he's, he's in charge and he's still completely calm. Mm -hmm. And he's like, do you have a safe exit route? Are you going to push Hershuvald through that sea of flames? You know, like, what a fucking freako. Mm -hmm. uh, just a, a spooky guy. And then they have a little conversation. You know, and Shuvald asks, you didn't Excuse want me. to take my place? And Johan says, not anymore. I've had another idea. So, like we were saying, that was his original plan. Yeah, and we're then, not doing nameless monster nah. rules anymore. We've changed. Yeah. It's, it's something else. Something else is going the fuck on, and we don't know what. Don't know what. Uh, and there's this great spread. Look at that spread, baby! Is that Can Look, You See Me? It's yeah, incredible. Yeah, Can You See Me? Oh, man. You want to describe it? I feel like I've been talking too much. Yeah, so this is a two-page spread of... The text is huge. I think this is, like, the biggest text that we've ever seen, right? It's yeah, Johan yeah. asking, can you see me? 
and he is holding Shewald. He's leaning down to Shewald. He's got his head in his hands. It's you know he's he's looking directly into him. Shewald's eyes are glassy. It it reminds me of you know from the story the way that the monster eats people or things like oh, that. Like yeah, it's it's yeah. kind of like that, but it's just. It's wild. It's it's a huge panel. I don't think we've ever seen either of them this big before. Like no one no. has been blown up this large. I don't know if we've actually had a full page spread of something this close up. Yeah. I don't think I, I I'm pretty sure not. You know, and it's I mean it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And it's like it's very it's intimate. Which makes it mm-hmm. even worse, you know. And he's smiling a little. Well, I mean, he's not really smiling, but he's, he's got doing it's the like Johan flat. Face. Yeah, he's, he's got doing the, the flat face. <laughs> Can you see yeah. me? Yeah. Can and then we've got the page me. of of eyes, right? Of them looking. Yes. at Yes. This. I mean, this page is really good. This uh, this double page is super neat. Um, keep it going. Yeah, he says. So Johan says, "I know you're almost blind, but this close. Can you see the reflection in my eyes?" Right, and we cut between. We're getting closer and closer on. You know, two eyes with some of the face, and then just the eyes, and then one eye at a time. And for a second, Shewald's eyes on glass. Yeah, we right, can see and his like pupils. he can see him. Yeah, yeah, which I think is is wild. Um, and I I think that question of like, can you see the reflection in my eyes, is so cool. Like, there's so much you can dig into there, right? It's like. Is Shewald seeing himself in Johan's eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is that because Johan was trying to become Shewald? Um, or has Johan become Shewald's reflection? Is it, like, what's what's going on? I don't, I don't know. It's, it's good. And then we get a new phrase. I was born in a fairy tale village. Many people died. I walked hand in hand with my other self. We have a new mm-hmm. creepy fairy tale that is leading us into this next yeah. segment of the story. Walked hand in hand with my other self. Man, it's so. Yeah, it's really cool. Like, like what happens next? Like, what is left to explore? Like, here it is. You mm-hmm. know, what is this? What does this mean? Um, it was as if only the two of us existed in the entire world. We had no names, and so that makes to me that raises an interesting question. Or rather, it it carries with it an interesting implication, which is that Johan used to exist, and now he does not. Okay, interesting. Only the two of us existed in the entire world, or or you know, like like I don't know, because Johan says, "Can you see me?" Which means there's something to be seen, you know. Uh. I don't know. I'm probably getting too hung up on like the particulars of language here, but but it, it feels like Johan sometimes says he exists and sometimes says that he doesn't or he has existed previously or doesn't exist now. But there's also something about can you see the reflection in my eyes? That's like, well, can you that's not even me that's are you seeing something else are you seeing, are you seeing yourself yeah, yeah. and is that really... have i become you or are you literally just seeing yourself whoa, whoa, it's whoa, whoa. yeah it's it's fancy there's some fancy mechanics going on around here yeah Fufa, doofa yeah and and shuvald shakes and shivers love it it's good um hey i love it when two groups of our characters show up at the same time coincidentally oh it's the best it's always good it's the best you love it and then there's a and then there's a fire oh fuck there's a fire 
Man. Heck of a chapter. I'm loving Matt. I am sure loving uh, this ep- this episode. This is a very good reading and a very good episode. Like um, we are, we get, we are getting so much, so much to, pod out of this. Yeah, this is fucking. I feel like we're getting a pretty worthy mid season finale out of this. We're already at two hours. This is man. a five star runtime. Yeah, oh. is where where we are today. Oh yeah, yeah. We've still got another four chapters to go. And there, uh, there's some good stuff in these yeah, chapters. Dude. Oh man um this next chapter i think the 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 last half of this reading should go faster than the first though i think it will i would say and also Um, i will say because i think the beginning of this next chapter sucks shit so (laughs) the beginning of chapter 74 is no good what oh man okay we'll summarize first and then we'll get to it yeah so chapter 74 is called a letter from mother um carl returns to shewald's study to fetch the document that shewald left behind when he picks it up, a picture of his mother, Margot Langer, falls out. So Carl opens the document and removes the contents. First is a biographical report on his mother from a detective agency, detailing how she emigrated from the Czech Republic, became a sex worker, and then became attached to Schuwald. There are details about her son who was sent to foster care, to which Carl adds his own commentary about how alone that son was. Margot Langer became attached to uh, the man who ran the underground criminal bank, and eventually retired to Offenbach, where she lived with a beautiful young man before she was murdered. Also in the document is a letter from Margot, which talks about how the man who lives with her reminds her of her friend from the Czech Republic, who didn't escape, but did have twins. She also speaks of her wishes for her son to have a happy life, which brings Carl to tears. We cut back to the fire. Dieter has called the fire department, and Reichwein is trying to break down the locked doors. Tenma emerges from the smoke and shoots the hinges off, and with the help of some bystanders, knocks the door down and tells the people to exit in a single-file line. Tenma approaches the stage where Johan stands with Schuwald. He levels his shot, and Johan smiles, walking towards him, touching his forehead. Tenma prepares to shoot when Nina appears, shouting for him to stop, before a curtain collapses and the scene is engulfed in flames. It's sick. The, the, yeah. the, the, when we cut, and I, I think my problem with the first half of this chapter yeah. is it's, it's the pacing. Like we said, like it's going up, down, up, down, stuff's happening, stuff's not. We, we just pause to have this long chunk of exposition, which like some of this stuff we already know. And I think that is yeah. like what is frustrating to me is like, I know this already. You don't need to tell me this. And then I think it's too, like, too nice and cute that of course Carl's mom was friends with Johan and Nina's mom. Like, I don't like that. I don't, I don't care for it. Mm. and uh, yeah that is a little in her letter where she's like man this boy really reminds me of my friend who (laughs) stayed in the czech republic like i don't care this is terrible well (laughs) it also means that johan killed his mom yeah yeah johan which Which i think richard had said that already yeah Yeah. oh oh, yeah yeah maybe um yeah i don't know i think i like it for specifically one reason like you're right none of this like almost none of this is necessary or important there's one sequence here, though, that I really like where uh, Carl is reading it and he and he goes, uh, he's mentioned in the in the report. This is goes, good. You're right. The child was shuffled from foster home to foster home. He suffered quite a bit. Some of the foster parents were very good to him, but he was alone. He was always alone. And then he gives a little a little rueful smile and says, no, it doesn't say that in here anywhere. You yeah, know, he's just that's editorializing really good. himself onto that. Yeah, so like that to me, 
this sequence is so like it's such a good sequence for Carl that I can forgive the rest of the bullshit. Okay. It closes but, Carl's arc, I think, or at least the it, Yes. I, this, this is a better close to Carl's arc than him and Shewald having their tearful reunion on the on the phone. I, I'll give time. you that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not alone anymore. My mother my father wanted me to read this letter. I'm it's alright, mother. I'm okay now. He says it. I'm okay now. So there's yeah. there's Carl's arc wrapped up. Um in in a pretty nice way. Uh but you know, that raises an interesting question, which is like, oh, do we want would we have wanted to put this somewhere else? I don't know. Reading? I maybe I before like, everything uh, kicks off but like i i, I don't oh, know it couldn't have been before well like i would have mucked up the pacing there if it was yeah before. i think you're right i that i i guess you're right there's nowhere this can go except here no no you know what i think i i think it could go like after shuvald's in the hospital okay you're right that's where we put it hospital chunk you know? where oh i have that document that you asked me to go get and then i read yeah. it there okay yeah i don't know Anyway. And I think it's, like I said, it's because, like, I don't want to be here. I want to be in the fire. I want to see what's going on over there. <laughs> totally. Yeah, what's going on with that? Uh, you know, and Tenma, like you said, shoots locks out the door, which I, I mistakenly put in the summary for the previous chapter. Whoops. Uh, but yeah. it does it here. Um, yeah. And I love that. Like, the, the my favorite part of that is the realization that the bystander guy has, like, oh, I need, like... We have to work together. Like, I let me help this guy. Like, I he is trying to save us. Like, I love it when people work together, just like strangers. Yeah. It's it's the Spider Man thing, right? In totally. Spider Man Two, where everyone carries him through the the train. Like, yeah. I, nothing moves me to tears faster than like people working together. Definitely, uh, it's good. Yeah. Um. It's also interesting because, like, so here is here is Tenma. Uh, saving a bunch of people, and lucky for them, Tenma was here. Um, oh, there we go. Good call. But he doesn't stick around. He, he runs back into the fire. Yeah. yeah, he checks his. He checks how many bullets he still has, and he runs off before anyone can thank him. No bedside manner this time. <laughs> He's got a job to do. And then action hero Nina in heels. And heals, fucking smashes out a window, like, up top with a fire extinguisher, jumps in through the window, action hero Nina. We love her. I love Nina Fortner. Yeah. And there's this great panel of Johan and Schuvald in the middle of the smoke, just standing there. Yeah, we can't quite make out their faces. Like, yeah. they're just far enough away. And then we, like, slow zoom in on them. As yeah. <laughs> it's so good. It's really good. Yeah, and then Johan does the thing. Oh, man, this page is so good of him walking towards Tenma. Uh. Yeah, like, he's moving. He's booking it. Like, there is... Yeah, and then the finger on the forehead right here. Shoot me right here. Nina stops him. The curtain collapses. Chapter 75. Traces of the Heart. Nina stops Tenma from shooting. Johan just keeps walking. Walks, just walks right off into the smoke. They do not get him. Uh, although Nina tries. Um, and then, actually, the curtain collapses. So there's a little bit of editorializing. There's a little bit of a reworking of that moment. And then we, we skip to later. Um, uh, we skip to the hospital. Nina's in the hospital. Um, and then we skip to the ruins of the library. Lung is here looking for clues uh 
he talks to Carl, who tells him that, yeah, Johan's real. Um, and then Lunga goes to Johan's room and looks around and finds no data to input. Johan has left no traces of his presence at all, which Lunga considers impossible. Um, Lotta meets up with Nina in the hospital and says that uh, Tenma, Tenma was there. Tenma was at the library. And that's the chapter. I don't have any notes for this one. I, I, have, I have some notes. Uh, I mean, the first one is, is something that you mentioned, right? Like, I think it's cool that this happens, like, between the last two panels of the last chapter. That it's like we're yeah. going back and expanding what happened there. Um, which I don't think is a move we've really seen before. I mean, the only time we've seen something like this before is when Ava did her flashback and was like, I was there, too. But that was, yeah. like, a lot later on. We haven't really had this happen where it's like... Immediate. I'm gonna... Yeah, we're like, okay, no, we're... we're Staying here a little bit longer and expanding. Like, we ended on the action beat, but, like, there's a little bit more to show. It's a very, right um, I'll be honest, it's an incredibly rare, uh, move to use. Uh -huh. I honestly don't know if I've really seen it done quite this way elsewhere. This feels like a, to me, honestly, it feels like a kind of janky solution. Yes. To a problem. I think it can it, get it confusing okay. reading the collected edition, right? But, like, if you were yeah. reading week to week, I think this works, right? Totally. But, like, I mean, it's, it's kind of like, it's like when you have an ad break in the middle of an episode, and then they, like, yeah, you know, so, I, you see it more often, actually, in anime and in TV. Yeah. You see, you see a move a bit like this. It feels um, like a thing that happens in Dragon Ball Z a lot. Is like exactly! The yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. anyway, so, yeah. So, it's, it's so something that's, worth bringing attention to, like. Yeah. Because it, it, it is a little bit, things get a little muddy in the, in like, well, because there's the thing of like, Nina seems to have a little bit of trouble remembering exactly what happens, right? Like she says there was a Japanese man there and it seems like it takes her a little bit of time to realize like, oh, that was Dr. Tenma. Even though like when we're seeing it in the thing, she, yeah. it's Dr. Tenma stop, like she knows that it's there. So like that, uh, it's, I mean, like, it's not clunky. Like, that feels like what would happen if you were in an accident, right? Like, you probably wouldn't remember exactly what happened, right? It would be a little fuzzy. Yeah. Um, so, and I, it, so, like, kind of almost thematically, this is, this works the same way, right? Like, it's a little, we're a little confused what's going on. It's, it's, uh, stuff's happening. But, um, I love how there's a lot of black space in these, in this part of the chapter, right? It's mm -hmm. like we have the borders around these panels, like, Part of it is as the smoke's starting to close in, and some of it is, like, as people are remembering what happened in this accident, right? Like, there's a lot yeah. of, instead of just, like, the white that we usually see around the panels, it's the thick black borders. Well, um, black, black background is shorthand for flashbacks. Okay. In Mamba. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's a pretty standard um, thing that they do. Right, but, like, no one's flashing back yet. Is the th well, I guess, like, technically this whole thing is a flashback because it happened between those two panels would be would be the thing, right? But, like... Yeah, exactly. Um, or maybe Nina is flashing back because after it ends, do we yeah, cut this to... Is, yeah, she's in the hospital yeah, bed. So this is yeah, her... She's remembering, it's her remembering what happened. It's her remembering what happened in that moment. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, it is cool. I do want to take a quick moment. Uh, I love how Urasawa draws smoke. Yeah, the, the, the grit and the, the smoke. It's so cool. Yeah. Whoa, it's oof, you can really feel it flowing. You can see the air currents. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, you know, there there's a little news interview show, and people are like, "Hey, uh, there was an Asian guy. An Asian guy helped us escape." Um, yeah. 
the one Asian man in, <laughs> in Germany. Germany. Um, <laughs> yeah. I do like, yeah, and that it's like the guy who says an Asian man helped us escape. It's like, is he okay? Like, it's. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, good. It's Tenma. Tenma People are always be... worried about him. Yeah. <laughs> um,. Yeah, uh, the curtain collapsing, like, I think all of that stuff is drawn beautiful. It's very good. Yeah. I like the Lunga stuff in this chapter a lot, right? Because mm. he gives his, he gives his, like, thesis about people can't vanish without leaving a trace, right? That would be, it, a, it'd be a demon, right? Like, something supernatural, right? That's not the way it works. Right? And then he is immediately confronted <laughs> with... Instantly. Oh, no. <laughs> that is... Like, Yeah um and he goes because he does that he does i am johan i do not exist and then like he just kind of like laughs to himself a little bit right like is uh, he this... doesn't just laugh yeah he says a demon uh-huh you know i like this is this what cracks him like i've i've fallen for it before when i'm like oh he gets it now and i'm ready for him to keep pushing against it a little bit but like the scales are starting to come off like he's starting to i think realize what's going on and i'm so excited to see like there's something yeah i I love this this honestly this might be the the single moment in the manga i think about most often really like i don't I, i wouldn't call it the most important moment or anything but it's just just him looking at this completely blank room and there's two panels the same panel side by side of his hand still like ready to type, but nothing to type. And that, I don't know, there's something about that moment to me that's just like, there's nothing here. This is, you know, Johan doesn't exist or he's not human. You know, I don't know. There's all these, uh, I just love how many questions there are about who and what Johan is. Is yeah. he a person? Is he a demon? Does he exist? Does he not exist? Does he work the same way we do? Is he something else entirely? Is he supernatural or just super normal? All of this stuff is still completely unknown. Mm-hmm. And that's just awesome. It's great. Um, a, a panel that I had missed that I that I made a note to call out. It's uh-huh. a couple pages earlier. It's when Lunga is talking to Carl, and Carl shows in the picture of Johan, right? And Lunga has this. Uh, Lunga has he remembers Rudy and Tenma both telling him about Johan Liebert. And the two memories, it's like Rudy comes in on the left side, right? We see, and then Tenma comes in on the right side. Like, I think that's such a cool little panel sequence. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. The Luka way he's having those flops. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that is cool. Yeah, I hadn't, I had noticed that, but I thanks for thanks for calling that out. That's a fun little move. I like that one. Um, um, this is a page one hundred and fifty-one for those there you reading go. along. Um, and page 150 has a number on it, so you'll be able to we find got 151. Lucky. Yeah. <laughs> we got lucky on this one, folks. Uh, yeah. A demon, he says, and he laughs to himself. Mm, so interesting. So interesting. Excited to see where that goes. Yeah, man. You know, not a... It's a pretty good... It's a pretty okay chapter. It's definitely, like, the least stuff-y yeah. Although it has, I still it has think that it's bit, cool. It has that bit with Lunga in the in the hotel in in Johan's room. So like mm-hmm. that that carries the whole chapter for me. Yeah, I I, I think it works. Um, okay, chapter seventy six, hell in his eyes. 
And uh, let's not forget, 73 was demon in my eyes. Oh, okay. So now we've got demon in my eyes, hell in his eyes. Okay. Um, Lunga attempts to interrogate a seemingly comatose Shuwald, asking about the fire, Tenma, and finally Johan, at which point Shuwald begins to tremble. Lunga then goes to interview Nina, but she's already gone. We find her in Reichwein's office, finishing up her side of the story. Reichwein begs Nina to stop her hunt for Johan and promises that he and Rudy will help her and Tenma and that they'll be able to get the truth out. Nina seems to remember who it was that saved her from the fire and confirms that Tenma was there. Uh, Nina sits sadly on Reichwein's porch. Dieter brings her some sandwiches, and they both sit sadly, missing Tenma. Back at the hospital, Carl talks to Shewald about what they'll do once he recovers, and suddenly, Shewald speaks, mumbling a fragment of a nursery rhyme and then saying he saw hell in Johan's eyes. He asks Carl to go to Dresden to meet a man and deliver a message. As Carl departs, Shewald asks if his mother hated him, and Carl tells him that of course she didn't. Shewald asks if Carl will stay with him always once he returns, and Carl says of course he will. The two bid a tearful goodbye. Hmm. This is a pretty good chapter. It's good. Uh, it's good. Hey, hey, Quinn. Yeah. Let's talk about the sandwiches. Where have we seen those yeah! before? Do you know? These are the sandwiches that Nina made for Tenma. Yes. Way back when. This is the same meal. It's, it's the sandwich and the, I guess, is it a cup of coffee? Looks like coffee. Yeah. And the thing that this, like, legitimately, this made me cry um, I'm going to, I, cause I will read what Dieter says. Uh, and hang on. He says, the bread is Kaiser Semmel with roast ham and Gouda cheese. It's Tenma's favorite, right? This is Tenma's favorite sandwich. The sandwich that she made for him, like when she left him the note that said like, live your life, save as many people as you can. Right? Like. This is the most like human connection that he's had. This is like this was his favorite sandwich, and Dieter knows it, right? Like he has. This is the thing that Tenma has made obvious. Like I hadn't thought about that. I'm tearing up. I'm. She made it for him, and now Dieter's making it for her. Like she made it for him to make him feel better, and now like Tenma has uh, done this for her too. Like through Dieter, it it is like. Oh my gosh, like I sat there and cried. I mean, part of it was I was listening to, uh, I had Phoebe Bridgers going on, it was Graceland <laughs> too, which like, well, that that's, is- Well, that's cheating. That's, that's, uh, that's performance enhancing right it there. It is, yeah. I mean, Graceland too is like her saddest song, uh, or in my opinion, one of, one of her saddest songs, um, it, because it's a happy, sad one, right? It's the same oh, yeah. emotions that are, that are happening here, but like, oh, holy cow, like, I, and I think this is another, we've, the, we've hit on a couple moments that really make this the mid-season finale, right? Like, Lunga- turning off the computer right like having that realization like this here right like it's all the stuff with nina and and tenma it's man alive it's so good um and you can only do this in a long form story this isn't something that works if you're just telling something that's a movie and is here and done right like this only works because we have the history um and and everything between it only works because we had we still have so much further to go yeah you know like we have so much that's happened between the first appearance of that sandwich and now and we have so much more to go yeah it's yeah oh Oh, man man. alive uh but but stepping back right like uh because i I don't really have too many other notes the the if like if we go back to the beginning of the chapter the the Lunga conversation. I love that he's convinced that he he can see lucidity in Shuwald's eyes. 
Like totally. that he it's I just think that's great. Uh I've come around on Lunga a lot, I think. Yeah. 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 I still there's yes. still things he do that frustrate me a lot. Oh, but absolutely. like I've I've come around on him a lot. I just love having him around. Like he pisses me off, but I love him. Mm-hmm. Um I also think that the uh bare hospital bed of Nina kind of echoes oh, the empty yeah. the empty room of, of Johan. So there's that. And, like, their original disappearance, too, is the other thing. Oh, like, true. way, way, way back. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, when Dieter and Nina are eating, there's uh, this beautiful shot of them just in the, in the backyard. And it's really, it's really gorgeously drawn. And you can really feel the nature. You know? Mm-hmm. Nature Sunshine coming through the trees. I wish he was here. I wish he better. was here too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's um it's wistful. It's very wistful. Mm-hmm. Uh in a really in a really, really effective way. Um I saw hell in his eyes. I saw hell in the eyes in the eyes of a living human being. What does that what mean? Does that mean? Especially since the thing that Johan asked him was, do you see your reflection in my eyes? Like, Yeah, well, do you see the reflection? Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. We've, been, we've been presuming that that would mean, we've been presuming that would mean. He's seeing himself in some way or evolved. another. Yeah. Uh-huh. But that's not necessarily all there is to it. Mm-hmm. I saw hell. God damn, what is hell? What's I going mean, that's on? A, what's, yeah. Like, so we've got, we've got enough religious connotation here, right? <laughs> We've got a monster. We've got a demon. Now we've got hell, and now we have a question. Do you want me? Do you want me? You're gonna love this. You're gonna love what I'm about to say. Okay. So I used I used to think that this was a this was a belief that was kind of specific to the denomination that I grew up in. But um, recently, I've been going to some other churches with friends and stuff like that. And uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a sermon about hell, and we kind of all had a discussion at the end, like, "Hey, what does everyone think that hell is?" And the most common answer, and the one that I you know was kind of supported by the sermon, was the idea, at least in you know Christian denominations, is that Hell, you know, a lot of times you think fire and brimstone, suffering, torture, all that stuff, right? Like big and scary and horrible. But I think really what hell is, is this idea that you are separated from God and from everyone else, right? You're just, you're isolated. You cease to exist, right? Like that's it. Like, (laughs) (laughs) fuck. Yep. Happy Sabbath. <laughs> Ba-ba-ba! Happy birthday. Happy birthday. Um, happy birthday. What a good birthday cre- present that was. Holy shit. Yeah. It's... Fuck. Christ on a crispy cracker. Good stuff. That's pretty good. No, I mean, that's like... Hell... Hell is It's separation. It's that's separation. what it is. Separation from God. Very, very interesting. Okay, well, let's hold on to that. Yeah, I mean, because I think at the same time, you could say, yeah, the hell that we're seeing is that fire and brimstone hell, but we also know that the hell that people puts Johan through is severing all of their connections and making them be alone. Yeah. 
It's very, very interesting. Very fucking interesting. Good yeah. stuff. And then there's a bit with, you know, uh, Shuvald, your mother, she hated me, didn't he? No, she didn't hate you at all. Will you stay with me always? Yes. What about your fucking foster parents, you jerk? Yeah, I'm I'm tired of them being tender for each other. I, and I, I hate this. Like, it fucking, it pisses, like, it's clear. Like, like, at this point, it just feels like. It's just mean. It's just mean. I don't know what Arisawa's deal is. This just feels like, why would you have that scene with the foster parents if you're just going to fuck them over? They're perfectly lovely people. They don't deserve this. Like, this is a bad thing, actually. Yeah. This kind of sucks, actually. This was a mean thing that Johan did, and now we yeah. have to live with it. Yeah, you know, like, Jesus. Um, you know, so it's... I have complicated, distasteful feelings about this that I don't know if the manga shares. And so I'm willing to give it... I'm willing to give it a... Like, you know that, you know that emoji that's kind of like the... Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like you're kind of like sick. You're like wibbly wobbly. Yeah. You know? I give this. I give this ending an official stamp of that emoji. A this, scrunched that's how grimace. It, yeah. yeah, that's how this makes me feel. It's just like, um, yeah. Ugh. Anyway. Chapter seventy-seven. The frogs of fairy tale land. Rudy puts Nina through regression therapy with everyone in the room and then they have dinner and talk about you know talk about the police talk about how they're gonna try and get johan um and then nina uh leaves in the morning alone except there's dieter dieter's coming along because that's how he goes and then we cut to Dresden. Carl is there. Carl runs into Tenma and gives him the message from Shuvald, which is, if the monster you're chasing has a twin, the mother of the twins is alive in Prague. Monster. What a what a what a way to end! Like it's good because we've gone through, we've already, you know, we've hit the climax. Yeah. You know, we're coming down, and then this is like a nice little tease of what we've got coming yeah. up. We have a new sinister nursery rhyme that's leading us into the into the next <laughs> chapter. You like, love a new one, yeah, yeah. I love that. That's how we unlock backstory is with you know spoo- totally. spooky children's books. You know, and this is the exact. Midpoint, midpoint of the story by the way this is precisely four and a half so uh, tight in. so clean it's extremely clean and you really have to wonder like since it is so clean is that a coincidence or did urasawa know exactly how long it was going to be i don't know how he could have but man it's weird how perfect it is for this to be the exact midway point because i wonder how feels... much he outlines yeah like i'm yeah, really curious what right? his scripting process is like yeah it's uh um, it's very it's very very cool um and this is such a to me this this chapter is a really nice button um and it may it leaves me feeling like super satisfied very refreshed and really really ready to to dive into what comes next oh i've been dying to read the next chapter oh, like the man. next section i i is i am so excited to keep going i'm really excited too but yeah. but first we have to talk about this chapter um 
which uh, which begins with a, a shot of Nina's eyes, which is the same as the shot of Johan's eyes from the sequence with Shuval. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we also got to talk about, I mean, you mentioned it, like the regression, repressed memory therapy stuff. With um, everyone in the room. It's really uncomfortable. So this just, I don't know if you're current with Just King Things, but. I am, yeah, yeah. So, so go on. everyone go listen to that episode. They talk about it. They so because Which, like anything that I see here the, is Dorothy like second Claiborne, or, right? Is is the one I think it was Dolores Claiborne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dorothy it's at the beginning Claiborne. of that episode. It's the yeah, Dolores, Dolores Claiborne one. Yeah. But there was a there was a whole thing, especially in the eighties in the United States, where like regression therapy, unlocking repressed memories, um, of generally bad things, uh was like a big deal. Um, and so this feels kind of like a, a call to that. Um, I guess it was still kind of going somewhat in the 90s. Um, yeah. You know, this is how you ended up with satanic panic, essentially, because if you ask a bunch of kids, uh, do you remember this? Eventually, they'll just say yes. Right. Um, and that was kind of the thing that came out later was like it was a lot of just like, I guess, therapists just kind of bullying people. Essentially. And... Yeah. So it's just like regression therapy. I mean, look, I'm no professional um, yet. I guess I will be eventually. But there we go. Regression therapy is. Um, seems silly right and the the thing that i think kanzelman says in that episode that's important is like there are of course instances of people repressing memories related to traumatic experiences but kind of the phenomenon in the 90s was like a yeah. lot of yeah, you know smoke and, and mirrors and stuff like that right yeah so yeah, it was cold reading and, and bullying uh but it, it would have been like still in the news and i i think you know just like how we talked about freud right and how like freud isn't right or real or anything but it can still yeah. be like an interesting tool to like do stories totally. and think about things i think it's the same for this idea of like repressed memories right like this is a fictional mm. story like maybe that's the way that this it's works so, it is right? really 90s yeah it is yeah, yeah. super it is super 90s to mm -hmm. um to be like ah repressed memories are going to be the key to this mystery you know yeah. uh very fincher too i would say mm -hmm, mm -hmm. it's a it's um, an interesting device yeah. to use uh, Nina is wearing a very smart black dress for therapy mm -hmm. for whatever reason. Um, I noticed that too. Like yeah. we've never seen Nina look like this before. No, yeah, it's a smart dress. Um, no patterns. Like she normally wears patterns. She wears kind of lighter colors. Even when she's running around with a gun, yeah. you know, she's she's. She, I'm casual. always commenting on her fits. Like when she was yeah. in it, it, France or Italy or wherever that the first time we saw Roberto. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that it was it was a niece, wasn't it? I think so. Yeah. So that's France. Yeah. yeah. Um and then they go and eat they eat the vice versa again. I love um, the the dinner sequence here. This is like everyone is together. They're all um, just they're talking shop. Yeah. You know, and like, like, and this is another instance of me like being like fallen for it, right? Like, I'm optimistic reading this. I'm like, yeah, they are gonna work together and go out and solve this. And but like, of course they're not. Everyone's gonna run away and split up again, right? But like, uh, yeah, totally. It's it's good. Because um, yeah, I think the thing for Nina is she kind of realizes, like, how long this is going to take. That's the thing that keeps coming up. It's like, how how much time? How long do you think this is going to take? Like, we don't have that time. I have to keep moving. He will not stop. I cannot stop. Yeah. We've got we've to gotta catch Johan. We've got to catch Tenma. Mm -hmm. And we've got to figure out what's going on with these three frogs in the fairy tale village. Yeah. Well, the, the, oh, the last thing, says, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, before we leave dinner, if you, so you, you go and then I'll, I'll say my thing about the end of dinner. Oh, um, I, w I was going to say, well, this is actually after the end of dinner, so you go. Oh, okay, sorry, sorry, I thought you were leaving dinner. 
I was leaving dinner. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Well, at the end of dinner, you know, Reckvine, he he kind of closes out. He says, you know, as I told you before, I lost Richard, a dear friend of mine, to this murderer. He had a bright future ahead of him, but Johan took that away. I will not back down from this no matter what. And then we get a four-panel reaction shot of everyone, right? Like Lada, Nina, Dieter, Rudy. Um, I like. I think that page is great, and also I think this is the first time that we've really had like an antithesis to. So if we would say that like Tenma and Nina are operating from what I have to do to stop this, to stop Johan from taking more lives, is we have to take his life, right? Whereas Reichwein is saying the thing that makes Johan so monstrous is that he is taking lives, right? That he is cutting people, he is taking taking away away people's, he's taking away people's futures, and he will not do that. I will not stoop to that level. We have to stop him. He will not back down. mm -hmm. Cool. No, that is cool. That's actually, that is a, that is very cool. Yeah, I like it a lot. Taking away futures. Yeah, Reichwein's a badass. I fucking love Reichwein. He's great. He's sick. Yeah. He's fucking, he's the best. Um, and he says, now, let's eat. Um, and then we get another shot. Nina's in bed, and we get another shot of her eye. We get that eye shot again. And she's trembling, and she says, I know. So she remembers what's up with the three frogs, but we don't get to know yet. Um... And then there's Dieter following along. I cannot believe she has taken Tenma Dieter. For him. Yeah. <laughs> you can't stop Dieter from going fucking anywhere. Dieter goes where he wants to go, but I am yeah. always shocked when people take Dieter with them. I'm like, this is irresponsible. <laughs> but he wants to see Tenma. He does. Dieter goes where people him. need him. True. Very true. Yeah. Um... And then we get this extremely 90s thriller-ass sequence. It's so sick, this dude. This is fucking, I feel like Bourne ripped straight from this. Oh, yeah. this. I'm, I was going to, I've been thinking about rewatching those movies like <laughs> for a while now, and I'm definitely going to after like, reading <laughs> this one. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's this sequence of, um, of Carl just like meandering around a square in Dresden, and then he like passes by someone. And it's, and it's Tenma. And he says, I watched you from the top of that building the past three days. The police don't seem to be tailing you. You know, and it's, it's like, okay, Tenma. Secret agent stuff. <laughs> Secret agent shit. Yeah. Um, I do like the flashback of, like, Tenma and, uh, and, uh, Shuvald having the, like, like, this is how Shuvald fucking survived, is mm-hmm. Tenma saved his ass. Yeah. Yeah. The mother of the twins is alive in Prague. Wahoo. Wahoo. So are those the three frogs? Is it Johan, Nina, and the mom? I don't know. We'll see. Oh, that would be interesting. I'm excited. That would be interesting. I know what the three frogs are. Yeah, I know you know. Um, I know. Uh, Listeners, in case you didn't know, I've read this manga before. Yeah, huh? So, but I'm, I'm, I'm excited for whatever comes next. What a good reading. Like, Man alive, I'm so happy we do this podcast. I'm so happy we're we're reading this and talking about it because it has just been like so 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 much fun. So I'm I'm excited oh, to yeah. see what the what this back half is, yeah. right? Like as we as we keep going. Yeah, I mean it's it's super tons of fun and this was um this was a particularly fun episode to record as well. Mm-hmm. Um which is great because it like we were really always um it had just been a while. Yeah, and, we hadn't. I think I'm it was Easter so the last time we recorded. Oh, God, man. Yeah. 
Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure because oh. we because we banked up a couple was the thing, right? Yeah. Like just the way we were recording. So I think uh, it was it's brutal, brutal. That it's it been a while. Uh, favorite Tenma moment. Um, I think it's him shooting the hinges off the door. Oh, that's I cool. I think because cool. uh, cool. it's still you know. He now he can take a life, but he is still the doctor who has to save people. So I, I think that's it for me. I like that a lot. Um, Scaredy Cat Tenma. Oh, that's good. Yeah, because yeah. it gives us a lot of insight. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, side character. Um, I think it's it's either Dieter and Nina with the sandwiches, or Lunga realizing. Uh, that Johan exists. I think I'm gonna go sandwiches because that was that was the one that had the biggest emotional impact on me. Uh, that that's definitely a runner up. But uh, Lunga Lunga fan got yeah. got to represent. So well, I, I'm glad we got them both covered. Then yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, minor I, I or love unnamed that moment. Oh, I love sorry, yeah, that yeah, moment so much. Uh, yeah, minor or unnamed. Um. Hmm. Oh, I know mine. I can go with yours. Let me let me continue. The fucking creepy, the creepy lady, the gasoline can lady. Oh, that's good. Yeah, she's good. And probably like her her introduction in particular, just walking past Johan with the can and just like you can tell something's wrong. A super kingy character. Yeah. To me. Like of it absolutely right out of Stephen King is this like weird, like servant um. Uh, do we want to here's actually a question for you do you want to identify johan with uh the that bad guy like the stand bad guy oh roll uh randall flag maybe yeah, randall i don't flag. know is there like uh, something, a little bit something there kind of he's more like mischievous i think than yeah i don't i don't know i i here's the thing i actually have not read the stand because i started reading it and was like i don't this isn't i don't really yeah it wasn't for me and rather liked it okay I have been really enjoying the Dark Tower, so I'm I'm See, I've the, only the read through Tower the wasteland. Kind of slid off me, so I guess I guess you and me just have slightly differing t- uh, king tastes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, okay. Randall so Flags are cool. Yeah. yeah. The, okay, so you've got Spooky Lady. Um, I might go with, and this is related to my favorite Tenma moment. Is the I think the guy that we called out in the news that was like an Asian man saved us is is he okay? Yeah, what's up with him? I I thought that might be yours actually. Yeah, uh, that's that makes a lot of sense. That's and a good one. That is a good I, one because that kind of it's the other thing that I said I liked was the dude who realized like oh I have to you know help with breaking this door down like people working together. Um, yeah. So uh, who's who's rocking this week? Is <sighs> the, the is fucking, the question? That's the fucking thing. Who who is rockin indeed we just we didn't get introduced to like any new characters really i think I it's professional murderers because is this the end of roberto it's, it's we i think roberto's dead our our good friend he roberto went over, he went over the fucking balcony man we like, heard a thud we have not seen the body but i'm pretty sure he's dead <laughs> We could. I. I feel like we could pretty pretty accurately say that that mercenaries, <laughs> contract killers are rocking. I like that. Contract killers are rocking this week. Contract killers are rocking. I like that. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, yeah. Cool. Uh, man, I think this new recording environment. I have a bad feeling about um, 
about microphone i'm looking at it i'm peeking all over the place that's okay i, I can drop you down a little bit we'll yeah um gosh matt quinn who the fuck are you and hey, i'm where yeah, can yeah. people find you on the internet i'm matt Fennell. um you can find me online my my website is blarple.net um i run the urasawa boys twitter uh and if i can get a blue sky invite from anyone i will i will be on blue sky because i have been struck with the i need to post there are so many good posts that i have had <laughs> I recently I, like, I have I'm gonna no, just, i'm gonna I describe no that i must post yeah i'm gonna describe one that i sent to my friends the other day was i and this is what you want this is you want me describing a joke that is based on an image is the other is the other thing is what this post yeah, was. Yeah, this is peak postage. I wrote cream cheese on my hand because I needed to remember to go buy cream cheese for bagels. So with a Sharpie marker, I wrote cream cheese on my hand while I was at work and then took a picture of it and sent that picture to my friends with the caption, Memento, 2001, directed by Christopher Nolan. <laughs> God. So that's the quality, that's the caliber of posts that we're missing out because Elon Musk sucks. He's taken posting from me. (laughs) (laughs) He's taken so much from me. Matt is on a quest. I'm on a quest to post again. Elon. I yeah. I Um, generally do not. No, actually, never mind. I'm not going to make any threats of violence on this podcast. I, the things I would do to Elon Musk in Minecraft are unspeakable. <laughs> that's that's been my favorite thing lately on Discord. Is like like some political figure like I would kill them in Minecraft. That's a new one for me. I haven't heard that. You haven't before. seen that? No, uh, that's it's, funny. It's, it's pretty recent, uh, but it's been really it's been really tickling me. Honestly, just that's the, like because obviously that will not protect you from sedition charges <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's, it's funny it's so, <laughs> uh, uh, and minecraft Whoa. yeah oh sorry 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 what? no 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 i was just gonna me. say when what? can the people i was gonna say quinn where can the people find you oh christ ah uh, you can find me I just don't know if you can, honestly. Like, what do I fucking do on the internet? No. Look, if, if I if I post, if I post, right, you can find me at uh, two hundred proof games on Twitter and authenticity dot trip on TikTok, and you can find uh, my TTRPG work at two hundred proof and any percent, it's my coming soon. Tarot-based speedrunning game uh, should be dropping on my itch sometime in the next week or so. I wanted to send it out today, uh, but there was just a couple more things to firm up. Uh, I really wanted to send it out today, but it's okay. And I'm really excited uh, and super proud of that game. It's gorgeous. I showed it to a friend today, and every time we flipped to a new page, she went, "Wow." So you know it's going to be good. Oh, that's great. That's so exciting. Uh, it's super awesome. It's super fun. If you like video games, if you like speedrunning, if you like RPGs, if you like tarot, if you have friends and want to play cool, fun, imaginative games with them that are cooperative and competitive at the same time, um, any and all of those things, you might you might like this this very cool game object I have created. Uh, it's really fun. And 
If you'd be so kind, you could consider backing us on Patreon. Yeah. Um, we're at, er, get... we're at uh, patreon.com slash Urasawa Boys is yeah. where we are. You'll get content. We have begun releasing anime. We have begun releasing uh, Metaining Balance. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I'm not in Brooklyn uh, quite so much, recording is going to be a, a good bit easier. So... Uh, I think we'll this is going to be a summer of content. Yeah, like school is over for me. For I'm yeah. not taking summer classes, so I think I mean, that I will. I think I think I'm leaving work kind of mid or end of June, and then okay. like July, I'm just going to be in this apartment by myself for like a whole month, and I'm probably oh, okay. not doing work. So we are just going to be able to uh, kind of content the fuck out of it, basically, which is very yeah. exciting to me. Um, I love content i love making this podcast um and and, and we have some we have some plans for additional stuff that we're gonna do in the main episodes uh so i'm i'm excited to to kind of do that i actually well i'll I'll talk to you about this off air uh, a different idea that i had but um yeah and, and hey everybody think like like we are halfway through monster we're halfway fucking through it and that's super cool that we have like this is a milestone for sure like yeah you know, like, I, I don't know about y'all, but I'm the kind of creative person who, like, has a bunch of endeavors and completes maybe one-tenth or less. Same here. Exactly the same here. And, and, you know, and so it's just, it's super nice to have this really cool endeavor with a very, very good friend and to have uh, achieved so much of it and to have people that are, are listening even. I mean, you guys are are frankly the cherry on top. Like, I'd do this if no one was listening, uh, but people are listening. And um, uh, fucked up if true. Yeah, it it has been. You know, we have there's a little analytic screen that we can see in our podcast host, and it has been very, very, very cool to see the the lifetime kind of listen count tick up over time. And you know, a lot of that does come from Quinn and I re-listening to the podcast because we like the sound of our yeah. own voice. But it thank you, like everyone who listens, thank you so 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 much. Um, you know, just I. Everything that Quinn said, I would say the same. It's it's been uh, I, like I will even say yeah, doing this podcast has been like a blessing. It's been a lot of fun, so I'm I'm glad to be able to do this and like share it with people. And I'm excited to see what comes next. What we what happens after this? Oh yeah, um, we've got next reading's good. Next reading's real good. And we've yeah, got, you know, like we were like we were hinting at last time. Well, well there there might be some uh, might be some some fresh. Some new Sonic voices. signatures. Oh, that you know, you could just say it that way too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna yeah. learn to do a Kermit the Frog impression. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah. So uh, next reading, all. really quickly, really quickly. Oh, oh, next right, reading right. is 78 through 86, which is the the back half of uh, Perfect Edition Five, Volume Five. Yeah, yeah, and it's a very good one. So uh, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for listening, and thanks for being a friend. Thanks for being a friend.